It's showtime. Okay, Tokyo, South America, Australia, France, Germany, UK, Africa. Here we go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we go, off and running on this eighth day of February 2023. It's a notable birthday, a couple of notable birthdays. Happy birthday to my, uh, my, my dear and beloved daughter, Margie. And happy birthday to my partner in broadca- broadcast shenanigans of years gone by and present in the credits at every, uh, on every program here to this day. John Fox, up over, down under in Australia. Happy birthday to both of you. And I hope, well, I guess it's not, I guess it's not even John's birthday anymore. It's tomorrow. But I hope, well, anyway. Big day. Hi, I'm Robin. It is, uh, well, prayer meeting Wednesday on the horn. We'll see if we've got any prayer meeting kind of material later on. But, uh, well... I encourage you and invite you, if you have never done so before, or even if you have and maybe haven't been by in a little while or anything like that, to pop on by, head on dot live, maybe go into the chat room, be part of the Merry Wacky Zany Real-Time Madcap Multimedia Extravaganza that is the Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round. And whatever time it is that uh, that you're listening to the podcast, thanks, thanks for listening to the podcast, and thank you so much for taking just maybe an extra micro millisecond or so, and liking and subscribing and leaving a comment. Uh, love the comments, welcome them, and so maybe it's even making a dis- a difference i'm hearing some i'm hearing from some uh, some new names and uh, i got to give credit to brother deacon asa where it's due and he was right um, so if we can keep this business of liking and subscribing and leaving comments and telling your friends and neighbors and wind the cat and put out the clock and yeah uh, if we can do that maybe the program will grow just a little bit um, a little bit here and there yeah, and every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude. This, of course, is no different. This show, uh, so we say thank you to begin this eighth day of February program to our eighth day of the month subscribers. And what that means is we say 
thank you ever so kindly uh, to Sue, Susan, Poor Earth, as her nickname goes, out in the great Northwest. And thank you to Marsha. And thank you to Nancy. Thank you so much, one and all. And thank you to our uh, our dear friend David out in Oregon, formerly of San Diego. Hope semester number two is going swimmingly, David. And uh, thank you so much. That gets our fundraising goal down to 515 bucks. And we only you know, try to raise 300 bucks a day. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we raise more. Sometimes we raise less. But 515 dollars is the fundraising goal. That means basically everything up to 70. No. Uh, everything up to $215 of yesterday is funded, okay? So hopefully we will bring that down some um, as I... I God, I, it's not just that I love warm weather. I do. Um, but it'll just be so nice when running all the space heater season is over. Because... All this cheap coal-fried electricity is breaking my girly ass. Um, so, trying to, we're trying to keep the power on, trying to keep the phones paid for, trying to do this, do that, you know, everything. And that's where the fundraising goes. Because, you know, we sold off the Maybach and... Got rid of the Gulfstream Five. The hangar, they came. The, the, the hangar in the garage were, uh, they, well, they they were disassembled and probably sent to China. And uh, even Agnes's Olympic pancreas-sized swimming pool is drained, and well, it's got a big tarp over it now. Nobody's seen the Cabana Boy in ages happens when they don't get paid, right? A program note, if you please. No program tomorrow. I have to be at a meeting down in Charleston. It's an evening meeting, and consequently, I will not be here, and I apologize for that. But I will be back for Friday on the front porch, day after tomorrow, you know, the 10th, 10th of February. So my apologies in advance, but... I'm uh, well. I'm, I'm never. I'm never particularly fond of not being behind the mic, but sometimes it becomes unavoidable. And I think it's the 20th of February. Um, I may. Um, it's just a calendar. I may not be here on the 20th, simply because uh, it's lobby day. For, it's LGBTQ lobby day down in Charleston at the legislature, and I don't know how long that's going to go on, but I'll, I'll, I'll stay there and I'll keep talking, um, talking to people until, until we stop. So that may actually impact the, the program as well. So tomorrow, no program. Maybe the 20th, no program. Okay? Now, uh, oh, where were we? Yeah. State of the Union. I find it strange sometimes 
when I catch myself not being the jaded and cynical old rhymes with witch that I mostly am. Uh, and I definitely, you know, I said I said it was going to take every every drop of uh, blackberry flavored mineral water that I had last night to get through. The State of the Union itself was not a chore. And I confess to being absolutely crushing on a president. I mean, I'm in I'm I'm in total hopeless fangirl mode. He's and I I guess I'm having trouble with my words. Because I never in my life expected him to be. I thought at best he would be maybe anything, anything, anything uh, with a D after their name after the four years of Nitwit Nero were going to be a plus. And I did not initially support him through the primary process. And I've, like I said, I have never been so happy to have been so wrong about someone in my entire life. I'll take a backseat to no one on my progressivism. But it feels a lot like this is the most progressive president we have had since FDR. Maybe... I mean, in the broad scheme of history, it's hard to think about. Um, he was, Ralphs, he was, he was Dark Brandon. He did everything last night except shoot frickin' laser beams out of his eyes. It was... It, it was one of the greatest State of the Union addresses in recent memory. Of course, four of them, four out of the last six have been utterly forgettable. Those four being, you know, COVID Caligulas. But it was content rich. It was subs- substantive. It was pitch perfect. It was everything we could have wanted. And Darlene and Connecticut and I were messaging a little bit. Um, Joy in Ann Arbor and I were messaging some. And we were all three on on the same page. It was amazing. There is something something really impressive about him. His presence. I was going to say, history-wise, you know, most progressive presidents since FDR. Yeah, Truman, yeah, pretty much so. Maybe the maybe. Maybe the better, 
Damn, Nick Ups. Um, maybe a better comparison would be Truman. And we'll find out in the next couple of years as he deals with this gang of shithouse rats in the house. I read one one report that said that... I'm sorry about the hiccups. Okay, i got to tell you this story. I broke down and went and got this. Anyway, no, it's the hiccups. Um... I still use one of those little patches every pouches every once in a while, and sure as sure as shit, <laughs> they sometimes give me the hiccups. Um, so, LBJ, a lot of progress, you know, Voting Rights Act, Civil Rights Act, War on Poverty. Great society. And I think we, we, we tend to forget what a good president he was, you know, because of Vietnam and because he got wound up getting rat fucked by Richard Nixon, who was, engage, who was engaged in active treason undermining U.S. foreign policy in Vietnam. Easy to forget that. But I think he's actually far more progressive. And again, we will never know how progressive a president Barack Obama would have been. Because again, he got undermined the sec- in, in, in the in second half of his first term. And had to deal with a bunch of wild-eyed maniacs for the next six years. But I was thinking earlier today uh, when uh, when I was reading reading some of the you know Wednesday morning quarterbacking what a simpler time that was a time when we foolishly and naively and simply thought that people like Louis Asparagus Gomert and Steve Cantaloupe's King were absolutely the most wacky, zany, insaney, nasty, vulgar, vile Republicans that could ever enter the House of Representatives. <laughs> Boy! Were we wrong? Wrong about Biden? Wrong about that? Maybe we should just rename this program shit that Robin's wrong about. Because where Steve Cantaloupe's king and Louis Asparagus Gomert are concerned, they're almost forgettable now. They have been eclipsed by... Ku Klux Cruella, that's a new that's a new nickname for uh, Marginal Trailer Queen. Thank you, Joy. Ku Klux Cru- Cruella and Clanny Oakley. 
God, they make Louis Asparagus Gomert and, and, and Steve Cantaloupe's King look like reasonable statesmen. And Steve Cantaloupe's King was actually a Nazi. But here we are. There was just so much to love in what Dark Brandon, President Dark Brandon, did yesterday evening. And he looked all the better for all the worse that the uh, maggots brought to bear. It was inspiring, uplifting, it was serious. 519,000 new jobs in January. Holy crap! He is so far out, in, in these first two years, he is so far out ahead of Nitwit Nero's job creation numbers that, well, Dark Brandon's playing in the big leagues, and Nitwit Nero's out in right field chasing... Out in right field chasing bumblebees in T-ball. It's that profound. And I'm really looking forward to hearing your takes on this during this program. I had even given thought to doing a uh, a front porch, but I think it would I think it would be better just to do. One at a time. By the way, uh, wandering off into the tech weeds here, I think I have the Bluetooth thing sorted. There's not. There's. There's the, the problem with the stress line from last night. There's not. There's not a lot of settings out there. There's a setting on the phone. There's a setting on the. And it's just. Uh, it's strange. I, I hope it's sorted. We'll find out later, maybe. I don't know. So while I absolutely sat with rapt attention listening to President Biden, and you know what? The, the, the goodwill and the good humor that he brought to bear last night was just inspiring. Everything about it was pitch perfect, like I said. And it didn't, you know, I just sat there sipping on my my, my, my sparkling water. But I knew what was coming. Lord God, yes, I knew what was coming. And it did. Gone are the days, and I referenced I referenced idiocracy yesterday. And we're get, we're drawing ever clearer. I know I'm not, I'm, well, we had this conversation too. I know I'm not supposed to comment on 
what Marginal Trailer Queen looked like, but God Almighty, somebody beat on her with an uh, with 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 an ugly stick. If ever there has been a case of pretty is as pretty does, that rotten misanthrope is the living embodiment of the concept. Just ugly. Ugly all the way to the bone. Disgusting. And there were some humorous moments, too. Uh, you know what? You're right, Ralphs. Uh, Ralph says, did Joe Biden bring some of Dr. Bill's axe handles? He did. And the thing is, I don't recall I don't recall seeing anything like this in recent memory. He hammered them and made them like it. And he was quick on his feet and quick of mind when he mentioned that um, some of the some of the maggots were having a, 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 a having a, a, a spasm of yearning to cut Social Security and Medicare Medicaid. They tried to deny it, and they yelled "boo!" And then he turned around and said, "Good, then we're all on it." Good, you don't you you're you're against cutting Medicare too, cutting Social Security too. Good, glad to see we agree on it. It was it was extraordinary, and I don't know. This is one of those examples of how maggots live in. An alternate reality. They talk about how he uh, he's an idiot, he's senile. None of that was, they're looking at a different guy. So while it was a pleasure, and it was, it was a real chore to stay sober when Jethreen Bodine's time came. Oh, that hideous woman! You would have you would have thought that it was it, it, that it was Mad Max beyond Blunderdome out there out out here in America to hear her talk. The Republicans can't talk about a goddamn thing 
without mentioning who they despise, who they hate. Just got a note from Cynthia out in the Bay Area. She said, uh, I thought Biden knocked it completely out of the park and into a field the next state over. Watching Biden's speech was time well spent as far as I'm concerned. He was fiery and firing on all cylinders. And I was happy he did not back down in front of those stupid, filthy, heckling repiglicons. I thought Biden made them look like the freaks they are. Otherwise, I couldn't help but thinking Biden was like a current-day FDR with the stuff he was talking about. And I loved it. It was a great speech. Or speechifying, if you like. But he sure had me. Me, too. I thought I, was, I, I, thought I had reached I had, or gotten past the ability to be genuinely inspired by political rhetoric. But this didn't feel like rhetoric. This felt like a patriotic, heartfelt statement of purpose and vision for a future of this, of this country that we can all participate in, all share in, and be proud to pass on to our children and our grandchildren and those as yet undreamt and ungotten. Stephen New York said, uh, I, I confess I didn't watch, but I heard the clip where he backed the Wambulance, Con the Wambulance Caucus et al. into agreeing to take Medicare and Social Security off the negotiating table. Sam Cedar made a really good observation. They both accused him of being a doddering fool and of undermining the country. I think we should call it, dare I say, Republicans in disarray. Let's just see how quickly the for-profit media actually states that. Republicans in disarray. And, uh, by the way, Cynthia adds, I did not watch that Huckabitch response. Why would I want to insult myself with that lying crap? I know, but it's my job. And frankly, I felt most unpleasantly like poor Odysseus lashed to the mat at mast, only there was nothing lovely in the songs of the sirens as we sailed past. And the sirens would lure sailors onto the rocks to their doom. <laughs> I sure didn't. I, I was, I was kind of disgusted to be in the same country with Sarah Hustlebuck sandbags. Let alone wanting to be any nearer. She was just so uh, ugly. And everybody, uh, she's, she's being panned across the board. Oh, you're going to hate me for this. Sorry, Cynthia. Sorry, everybody. But, well. At 40, I'm the youngest governor in the country. And at 80, he's the oldest president in American history. I'm the first. She says it like she hates 80-year-olds. 
oldest president in American history. Honey, Ronald Wilson Reagan, old 666 himself, was younger than Biden when he was telling America that ketchup was a vegetable. Sugar, pump your brakes and stay in the lane. You're horrible. First woman to lead my state. And he's the first man to surrender his presidency to a woke mob that can't even tell you what a woman is. Well, honey, I will. I am. I was a hundred times the guy you'll ever have. And a thousand times the woman you are. Hideous twit. And the whole thing was nothing but that. It was just cringing, cringing, more cringing. I didn't know I could cringe as much as I cringed listening to her vomit forth hate for so many people. She claimed that the left woke mob is responsible for dividing the country, but there is no left woke mob. Everything she attacked, everything she hates, she blamed on the Democrats. But the Democrats, Democrats, liberals, progressives, decent people, aren't out there trying to take away anybody's health care. They're not out there trying to suppress the vote. They don't, we don't despise people for the color of their skin. We don't despise people for the location of their birth. I will take left-wing patriotism over that, 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 that Nazi gas bag any day of the week, twice on Sundays. In the radical left's America, Washington taxes you and lights your hard-earned money on fire. But you get crushed with high gas prices. Who's responsible for the high gas prices, you silly twit? You stupid git? Struggling here. Oh, that's Hunter Biden's responsible for gas prices. Maybe maybe he came up with the gas price increases on on his laptop, and the guy that wants to wear a kilt to Congress can tell us all about it. Jesus, these people. Um, by the way, Scott and, Scott in San Diego says uh, the GOP response. In the GOP response to Biden's State of the Union address Tuesday, Sarah Huckabee Sanders called him a liar. Being called a liar by a Republican is like the painting in Dorian Gray's attic saying you're ugly. Precisely. Cynthia says, ah, my ears, pain and suffering. You better be sorry, Robin. I am sorry. Suffering, too. I feel like Spock touching the horta. The pain. The pain. And the horta looked better. Maybe, wait, is she the horta? No, there was something, even though it was burning holes through rocks and turning red-shirted, non-speaking role crew people into dust. Well, 
it, it turned out the Horta was, was a decent human being. The same cannot be said of Sarah Hustlebuck's sandbags. Empty grocery shelves, and our children are taught to hate one another on account of their race. Hold the f***ing phone. Democrats are teaching children to hate each other according to, uh, according to race. Sweetie, that's you. That's y'all. You're having spasms and conniptions over the teaching of American history. That's not teaching children to hate based on race. It's more a matter of not lying to children anymore. Or to students, more appropriately. You know, it's probably a bit much to sit down with a five-and-a-half-year-old and say, okay, honey, I'm going to teach you the history of this country. And then, you know, start right there and just jump right into the butchery of the... Of, but you know what? Five-and-a-half-year-old indigenous kids probably do learn pretty damned early the real history of this country. Five-and-a-half-year-old uh, black kids probably learn pretty damned early the hateful history of, chat, of, 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 of chattel slavery in this country. That was coded language for the fact that it has nothing to do with children. It has everything to do with Sarah Hustlebuck sandbags hating to be reminded of just how disgusting, how vile, how filthy, how vulgar, how ugly her own ancestors were. You know, great, great, great grandpappy marching off to war to defend the enslavement of other human beings, committing treason against his own country. Great grandpappy Huckle, uh, Hucklebuck. Grandpappy Hufflepuff. Nah, she's definitely Slytherin. Uh, Kim writes in from New York. Hi, Robin. Hi, Kim. Jesus Christ, the ageism. Putting aside Hucklebuck sandbags absolutely repugnance and ignorance, the ageism she displayed is just revolting. How old are her father and mother? Grandmother is despicable. So once we pass 60 or 70, we're worthless? Man, I want to throw. I want to. I want to throw something. I know. Up. What you want to throw is up. At least that's what she does to me. And she was panned by anybody who didn't pick their teeth with their toenail clippings. Awkward. Hateful. But of course, because they live in an alternate universe, the maggots are saying that it may be one of the best State of the Union responses they've ever seen. Amateur paleontologist Newton Leroy Gingrich went to Twitter and said to 
A star is born could be the title of Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders' absolutely remarkable speech responding to and drawing a sharp contrast with President Biden's fantasy wish list State of the Union. It was Reagan-esque. Newt, baby, put down the crack pipe. Well, that's probably way too late. Should have done that a long time ago. There was nothing in there about improving the economy. It was just culture war, culture war, culture war, culture war, start to finish. And, of course, it uh, because it's 2023, it had to be aimed at the trans community in particular, but the LGBTQ plus community in general. You know, because it's and, – and, and that Orwellian horseshit of saying that Republicans aren't the racist ones. But not to love one another or our great country. Whether just- or our great country. Is, is it just – because I got this word thing. Is it just me or – and that's something that started with uh, Godzilla from Wasilla back in 08, putting – unnecessary adjectives in front of things like our country our great country and for some reason or another that that it, it's it like a it's like a it's like a verbal tick it just stuck Honey, Arkansas is part of the United States of America, but there are there are there are a significant number of people in your state who are who don't feel like you're making the the country any greater. Yeah, there we go. Stephen New York says our great white country. Forty-year-old governor and eighty-year-old president. This sounds like her version of Kennedy's "The Torch Has Passed to a New Generation" speech. There was nothing in his speech that was nasty and angry. She just seems so nasty and cringy. Or nasty and cringy, what I'm looking for. Vulgar and vile. I'm always alliterative. The underlying tone of her speech was beyond ageist. It was more akin to, it's time to send this geezer to the glue factory. Euthanist. And that's not with a Y. E-U-T-H-A-N-I-S-T. Joe Biden believes this madness? or is simply too weak to resist it. His administration has been completely hijacked by the radical left. Where? How did I miss the invitation? I am the radical left. And I haven't heard a peep about it. Trust me, dipshit. If the radical left had its way... Things would be different. This is the radical... Joe Biden is the radical center. And for once, the center is being dragged back toward the center as opposed to being a centimeter to the left of Genghis Khan. Radical left my ass. The dividing line in America is no longer between right or left. 
The choice is between normal or crazy. You dumb fuck. Normal is only a setting on a dryer. Good Lord. Sorry, I'm a little salty this evening, but... It was a bit triggery living through that shit last night. So, according to the Republican Party, who just loves this speech, anybody who didn't get on board with it, with Jethreen Bodine here, is crazy. And they're the normal ones. Well, the choice is between normal and crazy. The problem was, she said the quiet part out loud, and we know who the AZ craze are. Oh, she was horrible. Biden and the Democrats have failed you. Actually, her voice is deeper than mine. Biden and the Democrats have failed you. It's time for a change. Kind of makes me wonder if, well, no. No, no, no self-respecting trans woman would let herself out of the house looking like Sarah Hustlebuck sandbags. And she's going to hold the Biden administration accountable, she says, you know, from her mansion in Bug Tussle. And yet, nonetheless, whether the the bug spray brigade in the in the house, the maggots, Biden never let them get to him. He owned them. Oh, and speaking of owning, I've come up with a. I, I, we need we. I wish I was. I wish I. I wish I had this program had broader reach. And we need to come up with a, a, a an award. I've named it already. The Ben Shapiro Memorial Self Own Award. And its purpose will be to recognize those moments when completely oblivious to the fact that they are owned lock, stock, and stinking barrel by the goddess of irony, some maggot does something unutterably that is just so it's so predictable that they will self-own out of it. And last night's award goes, of course, to Marginal Trailer Queen, who tweeted a condemnation of the coastal elites. Is it, is is this is this brain dead Jim Bunny so stupid that she thinks that simply to live in Washington, Oregon, California, Massachusetts, New York, Rhode Island, Pennsylvania, uh, Pennsylvania, Delaware, etc., Maine, New Hampshire uh, is to is to immediately be granted a I don't know a mansion. 
the cement pond. You ever noticed when these assholes complain about the coastal elite, they forget that North Carolina and South Carolina stand are coastal and Florida's coastal, but they're not coastal elites. No, they live in the real America because the real America speaks Southern. But anyway, she, 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 marginal trailer queen, uh, lambasted the coastal elites and sent out a photograph of the real America. You know, a farm like real Americans live on, only they don't. Ever so much real America farmland has been t- turned into McMansion cookie cutter communi- house, house communities. But, and this is why she is a, a recipient of our first Ben Shapiro Memorial Self Self Own Award. The picture of the farm that dipshit tweeted out was a farm in California. Now, no, really. They were self-owning all over the place. When President Biden was calling out Republicans who want to sunset Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, constitutional scholar Mike Lee could be seen in the audience shaking his head no shaking his head no like a like a, like a, like one of the like one of them bobble bobblehead bobblehead dogs in the back window of a 57 Ford running through a, slal- a slalom course no just shaking his head no no well god bless them over at Midas touch they immediately posted that along with a video of Mike Lee saying out loud that he wanted to Eliminate Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. Like I said, it was a heck of an evening. Honestly, I I woke up kind of exhausted. By the way, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is less than sanguine about the idea that Kevin McCarthy won't try to go after Medicare and Social Security. And in an interview with The Independent, AOC said, Kevin McCarthy says a lot of things, but the math does not add up in what he's talking about. Oh, and by the way, uh, remember, the shrieker of the house, thanks again, Joy, the shrieker of the house, the weaker shrieker, told his caucus to behave, and they promptly gave him the middle finger. Who are you talking to? Tell us to behave. We're going we're, we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna be the road company of, of idiocracy here. Behave. Please. Marginal trailer queen was walking around the halls of Congress with a fucking white balloon. Oh, God, I despise the people in her district. At least the ones who voted for her. Because if they'll send someone as loathsome as her to Congress, how loathsome must they themselves be?
That's a whole shit ton of loathsome. AOC went on to say, he cannot both say we're going to balance the budget, we're not going to touch any of the Trump tax cuts, and we're also not going to cut any critical services. The math does not work in Kevin McCarthy's favor. And this was that moment I referenced. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans, Medicare and Social Security sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Let me give you, anybody who doubts it, contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. You know, it means if, if Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they'd go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant. But it's being proposed by individuals. I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. Look, folks. The idea is that we're not going to be we're not going to be moved into being threatened to default on the debt if we don't respond. Folks. Constitutional scholar Mike Lee had that look on his on his face of a 12 year old boy when mom pops into the room and. Well, he gets caught, and she says, son, were you just pounding your putt into an old sweat sock? And he's got that open mouth look. What? Me? Huh? Oh, and, and shake it all more. Well, there's a mental image none of us needed. There went dinner in the Eastern Standard Time Zone. Probably not worth setting the table in the central time zone now. So, folks, as we all apparently agree, Social Security and Medicare is off the, off the books now, right? They're not to be stopped. All right. Masterful. Absolutely masterful. But the fact of the matter remains that Republicans actually introduced legislation to create a commission to examine the solvency of Social Security and Medicare as part of a debt limit deal. Maggot Representative Kevin Hearn went so far as to tell Bloomberg News that I wouldn't think it'd be off the table. Oh, he burned him to the ground. Uh, he, 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 he gave it to him and made him like it. He told them that 25% of the, of the, of the deficit 
was created in four years by, and he, he didn't call him the former guy, was my predecessor. Oh, they hated that. They booed and they hooted and they grunted and they barked and they yelped. And, but it didn't make it any less true. Oh, Randy Radar. Randy just said, one of my friends is in Green's district. He didn't vote. Well, not voting for whoever her opponent was is the same thing as voting for her. What a night. And then there was the little dust-up between Bishop Willard Romney and Anthony Santos George DeVolder, Kaiser Wilhelm II, whatever his name is. As Congress and, and, and various dignitaries were filing into the House last evening, Anthony Santos George DeVolder, Emperor Hirohito, whatever his name is, tried to muscle his way through to get into the presidential receiving line. You know, because the president shakes hands with people. And Bishop Willard Romney went right up to him. And said, uh, called him a sick puppy and said he shouldn't be in Congress. You shouldn't be here. Speaking with reporters after the State of the Union, Bishop Willard Romney said, if he had any shame at all, he wouldn't be there. I didn't expect he'd be standing there in an, in an aisle seat trying to shake hands with every senator and, every, and the president of the United States, uh, he went on to say. He shouldn't be in Congress, and they're going to through the process and hopefully get him out. But he shouldn't be there, and if he had any shame at all, he wouldn't be there. And it was all caught electronically. Because the, the Bishop Willard Romney was second runner, was first runner up for the Ben Shapiro Memorial self own for this reason. I don't know the exact words I said. He shouldn't have been there. He shouldn't be in the. In the it, look, he's a sick puppy. Uh, he, he's a sick puppy. A sick puppy. There are two Republicans who should probably never use that phrase. One of them is Sarah Hustlebuck Sandbags, whose sadistic, twisted, sick, disgusting brother beat a dog to death 
having hanged it from a tree at Baptist church camp. And her daddy used the powers of his office as governor of Arkansas to cover that up. But the other one is Bishop Willard Romney. Does anyone, does anyone remember poor Seamus? I remember poor Seamus. Seamus, the Irish setter, that poor, poor dog. The Romney family headed off to vacation. Seamus. God, Seamus. The Romney family headed off to vacation and they strapped Seamus to the top of the family truckster to take him with them. Poor Seamus shat himself for God only knows how many hundreds of miles. Maybe maybe that's why maybe that maybe that's why Bishop Willard actually called him a sick puppy. Maybe he wants to strap him to the top of a station wagon and drive about seventy about seventy five miles an hour with him. Oh, stop! I know I know the the story sounds like something from National Lampoon's Vacation, but it's a thing that happened. That privileged, elite, wealthy, draft-dodging, asshole put the family dog on top of a car. And terrorized it. Yeah, sick puppy. Sick puppy. I agree that Anthony Santos, George DeVolder, Chiang Kai-shek, whatever his name is, should not be in Congress. But neither should Bishop Willard Romney. The only reason he's in Congress is because he had enough goddamn money to buy a seat out in Utah after having been governor of Massachusetts and raised in Michigan. Where the are you from, Willard? And, you know, because it's two Republicans, it would have been fine by me if if, uh, Anthony Santos, George DeVolder, Montezuma, Shippy Totec, whatever his name is, had hauled back and absolutely decked. 
liked Willard Romney would not have bothered me in the least. But, unfortunately, Anthony Santos, George DeVolder, William Tecumseh Sherman, George Armstrong Custer, isn't that kind of guy. Poor Seamus. God, it's just a reminder. When the, when the goddess of irony owns you, she owns you, to get kind of legal here, she owns you in fee simple absolute. With no remainders. And then, today, representing Clay Higgins, uh, was part of a uh, hearing of the House Oversight Committee. Remember, Clay Higgins uh, became famous enough in Louisiana, Stan, to make it to Congress by beating the hell uh, al- beating the hell out of people as a cop. So today there is a hearing in House Oversight with some former Twitter executives, and it was all about the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story, which of course, remember, is. Not a story. Representing Clay Higgins represents uh, Lafayette, Lake Charles, and Morgan City, Louisiana, Stan. So we can add them to the list of deplorables alongside alongside Marginal Trailer Queens District. They may be worse. They're into sadistic cops. But Clay Higgins is going to get to the bottom of all of this. Yeah, sure he is. Chair, recognize Mr. Higgins for five. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I'm going to be yielding some time to my colleague, Mr. Jordan, here momentarily. But Oh, joy. Uh, for the record, Mr. Baker, Ms. Gotti, Mr. Roth, Mr. Nairoli, are you here under the advice of counsel, and do you have counsel present? Yes, sir. That was a yes? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, I do. Yes, I was subpoenaed. That's good to know. I'm glad you all have counsel present. Mr. Chairman, for the uh, submission. I kind of wondered if he was going to say, you know, only crooks take the fifth. But you can't do that anymore because the God Emperor took the fifth a lot. And they were subpoenaed. And you know what they did? Something Republicans don't do. They showed up. For the record, I'd like consent to submit the Twitter files dated uh, December the 8th, posted by the New York Post regarding the suppression of conservative commentators. 
like to submit it. Without objection, so ordered. Mr. Chairman, thank you. I'd like to also submit for the record a timeline of uh, events with cited sources outlining strong evidence of the Biden family organized criminal actions would certainly indicate that we've crossed the threshold of reasonable suspicion. I'd like this timeline submitted for the record. Excuse me, Mr. Chairman, uh, just, where is that from, that timeline? Timeline in my hand, boss. I'll, uh, I'll get it to you shortly. Um, you, oh, but he didn't answer the question. Where is it from? Well, I just yanked it out of my ass. That's where it's from. I just yanked it out of my ass. I'm so I'm a, I need to work on my Clay Higgins accident. Bottom line is that the FBI had the Biden crime family laptop for a year. They knew it was the Biden crime family. You turd. You absolute turd. Biden crime family. I'm telling you, Buckfeifengeschicht. Am I saying that right, Steve? Was leaking. They knew it would hurt the Biden campaign. So the FBI used its relationship with Twitter to suppress criminal evidence being revealed about Joe Biden one month before the 2020 elections. You, ladies and gentlemen, interfered with the United States of America 2020 presidential election. Which is a hilarious thing for Clay Higgins to say, being a member of the Republican Party, who actually got in the White House in 2016 because, because well, Mother Russia interfered all over the, Amer uh, the, the, the uh, presidential election. But I guess this will play good for the, the for the mouth walkers and knuckle breathers back home in Lafayette and Morgan City in Iowa. Knowingly and willingly, that's the bad news. It's going to get worse because this is the investigation part. Later comes the arrest part. Later. Your attorneys are familiar with that. Mr. Chairman, I'd like to spend five hours with these ladies and gentlemen during depositions surely yet to come. But for right now, I yield the balance of my time to my colleague, Mr. Jordan. Chair, recognize Mr. Higgins for five. Yeah, he's yielding to Jim Jacket off Jordan. This is just embarrassing. What it boiled down to is Twitter blocked links to an October 2020 New York Post story because it looked like hacked material. Stuff that was hacked before the 2016 election when, when a foreign government really was interfering in our elections. What a stupid piece of shit he is. Sorry, like I said, I had a feeling it was going to be a little salty today. When his time comes, going back to uh, George de Boulder, Anthony Santos, Henry V, 
Scott in San Diego says, as the good book says, it is appointed unto man once to die. When George Santos's time does eventually come, the New York Times obituary team will truly have its work cut out for them. Several years ago, I saw a documentary called Obit that offered a cinematic look behind the scenes at the newspaper to see the dedicated staff who writes them and how it's all done. In the case of Santos, the fact checkers at the Times Obit department will more than earn their pay and watch out for flying wheat and chaff. You know, that's pretty doggone biblical for a prayer meeting Wednesday. As far as Santos and Shane goes, Scott continues and says, Sorry, Senator Bishop Willard Romney, the stalwart ship SS Shame has sailed and sunk. Later comes the arrest part. I'd like to have fun. And you know what? When a guy who has been credibly accused of beating the hell out of people says he'd like to have five hours alone in a room with him, and then adds after a pause for depositions, you know he's thinking that he'd like to, you know, take out the blackjack. These are some nasty folks. Oh, I need yeah, I knew I needed to do that. And by the way, hey chat room, uh, we have a uh, full complement of moderating. Lots of cops. Longtime inveterate, indefatigable veteran chat room moderator Sparky is in there, as is horn chief mathematician and agronomist and bud trimmer emeritus Roger in Oregon, and of course, pinch hit midweek chat room utility moderator and all around great guy, Brother Bishop Steve. They're all there. Nice group, too. Anatole's there. Irish Dave, New Jersey Nick, Squeaky. Hey, gang. How y'all? <laughs> oh, I like, yeah, okay. That's for Irish Dave and a reference to George Santos, Anthony DeVolder, Otto von Bismarck. <laughs> Cardinal Richelieu. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. That's Bud. Anatole Bud. You people. And there's the commemorative statement from Brother Bishop Steve. Too many cops! Oh. Oh. <laughs> And by the way, uh, when uh, President Biden was talking about them wanting to destroy Social Security, point six of Rick Scott's plan to screw America. Stephen New York says this provision comes right off of it. All federal legislation sunsets in five years. If a law is worth keeping, Congress can pass it again. Go with my logic here. All federal legislation sunsets in five years. Social Security and Medicare are federal legislation. Social Security and Medicare sunset in five years. Yeah, I, I read that whole I read that whole thing months ago. Apparently, I sunset immediately, and people like me.
You know, when they tell you who they are, believe them the first time. And hey, there's Theo popping into the chat room. Hey, Theo. Oh, and we didn't talk much about the Grammys. But it was kind of cool because um, a Grammy was awarded to the first trans woman. That was nice. Kim Petras. Along with, um, well, she dressed in red and Sam Smith also dressed in red. Gave a heck of a performance. This, of course, led to maggots and various and sundry kinds of wingnuts having an absolute conniption. They're famous for their song, Unholy. Smith Smith was wearing a top hat that had devil horns on it. And there were dancers in red robes all around them. Over at Newsmuck, some uh, little mouth-breathing knuckle walker named Benny Johnson said, The Grammys have gone full-on Satan worship right on primetime TV. And then there was Christian life coach Solomon Butchie, B-U-C-H-I, Buki. And he said it... uh, If as a Christian you think we're reaching when we talk about the dominance and normalization of Satan worship and pop music, you need discernment. Sam Smith's performance at the Grammys last night was satanic, gory. No, it's not art. It's symbolic of who they serve. Then there was Ben Q over at Human Events. I know we on the right probably use the word satanic too often, but this performance from Sam Smith is literally a tribute to Satan. Then there was Charlie Kirk, that that delightful little dweeb, who said, uh, definitely not a spiritual war. That was Charlie Kirk attempting to be sarcastic. Of course, their faith is so weak that they cannot conceive of Anything of anybody being able to believe anyway, but the way they want them to. Then there was some schmuck named Robbie Starbuck. Sam Smith's satanic performance at the Grammys ended with a Pfizer commercial. You can't get it more on the nose than that. Pfizer and Hollywood deserve each other. And then, because, well, you knew it had to happen, uh, one of them got rot. Hollywood is infiltrated by satanic radical left lunatics. They cancel Kanye West over his opinion, you know, liking Hitler, and his net worth drops by over 50%. Meanwhile, Sam Smith is allowed to have a satanic performance at the Grammys that's sponsored by Pfizer. Make it make sense! 
here's the funny thing. What they were, what they were having a conniption about? The song? Unholy? It's actually a song about a guy cheating on his wife. And a call for divine intervention. So the family values crowd didn't quite get that, did they? Well, let's just check out the... uh, Let's check out what they're having the conniption about. Shall we? Seems only fair... The performance was described as racy. Sam Smith had an epic night at the twin. No, 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 no. Uh, we'll see if I'm trying here. Okay, this is the official, the official video. This isn't the Grammy performance, but nonetheless. Sorry, we're so rushed, darling. Oh, Sorry, I can't come with you. Say hi to everyone, okay? Okay, don't wait up for me. So the guy drops a woman off at the, at the some building. And she discovers a condom. Still in the package. I didn't notice that they still give videos like this. Everyone is talking on 
the scene. I hear them whispering about the places that you've been and how you don't know how to keep your business clean. I get it. I see. I see. Granted, I see. You don't see. It's a radio show. Among other things, in in, in the original video, during the during the, the dance routine, they cro- they're crossing themselves. So that's going to get the Catholics all mad. But here's the other thing. The bad daddy, daddy's doing something unholy. The bad daddy is doing exactly exactly what Republicans do all the time. I mean, I'm thinking about, oh, Matt Schlapp in the car with the cute young twink reaching his hand over, putting it on his leg, and eventually just giving him a good crotch grab and really hoping he can get him up to the room. Because he, Matt Schlapp, is of course a good God-fearing, upstanding, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, homosexual, Christian Republican, who happens to be married to a woman named Mercedes Schlapp, and apparently they're not playing so much Schlapp and Tickle anymore. And remember, you remember a little Maddie Cawthorn who isn't in Congress anymore, but was photographed. Uh, and of course, he he preached masculinity, and was photographed in a really adorable black lace bra. And he talked about how people that he respected invited him to coke fueled uh, coke fueled Washington sex orgies. Guess who one of the people he ran around with was? That's right, Matt Schlapp and Mercedes Schlapp. Slap and tickle. Of course they're going to hate this. They hate it because it's them. It's them. They can do. They, they, they can have a guy wearing a devil hat on the Grammys, but but we can't even have Kanye doing Nazi shit. The flag is falling. Oh, please. And earlier I was talking about Jeth- Governor Jethreen Bodine's speech. It, <laughs> you know, I'm going to know they're listening to this program one of these mornings when either Mika or Joe, on my filthy morning habit, Refer to her as Jethreen Bodine. Paul? Ma? <laughs> Jethro and Jethreen were twins, you know. 
but no, I didn't. It, it, she didn't review well with the morning zoo crew. Why? I don't know. It was low energy. Did none of these people okay. ever listen to Ronald Reagan? It I mean, was, the whole thing uh, was like, I, I, be optimistic. I know. Reagan would say, I truly believe America's greatest Negative. days lie ahead. He believed it. Negatory. And quote Carl Sandburg. It was all beautiful. So and anyhow. These people are so grim. Wait. Has Mika gone? Has, has Mika gone? <laughs> what, what, what do we call this? Has Mika gone? C.W. McCall woke? Negatory? Really, good buddy? Breaker 1-9, hon. Um, absent was any direct mention of her former boss, Donald Trump. Right. Um, Huckabee Sanders, who? who was Trump's White House press secretary, did not mention Trump by name, even when telling a story specifically about him. So there was this guy. <laughs> uh, he lived in Washington. <laughs> Van Dumme. So Mister, I met a man once. Call for new leadership in the Republican Party. Okay. Hey. <laughs> no, it just made me think of Casablanca. I know the story. Mister, I met a man once. It's usually accompanied by a tinny piano in the background. <laughs> no, she's not Elsa from Casablanca, no. A new generation of Republican leaders are stepping up, not to be caretakers of the status quo, but to be change makers for the American people. The choice is between normal or crazy. It's time for a new generation of Republican leadership. It's time for a new generation to lead. This is our moment. It's time for normal well, or she's crazy. She's right about that. That is yes. correct. She is. Yeah. So, but, so she's talking. Uh, that is the weirdest. That was the weirdest so sort of dystopian speech I, I think I've heard since really American what? Carnage. No, she, you know what it made? No, she took a page from Donald Trump. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was back I, to Trump's. I really I, miss Bobby Jindal last night. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or Marco yes. Rubio with the water. Happy Marco Rubio's <laughs> nervous water. But, but sweaty but, water. But you know, the thing is, he didn't bring up Donald Trump. She didn't bring up Donald Trump by name, but... It was American carnage all over, and like American carnage doesn't sell. It worked for a portion of the worked for the base. I mean, they Donald Trump always defied these rules of American politics. You have to be positive. It worked for four years for his base. But she told this weird five-minute story about Trump without mentioning his name, which I thought. No, it worked one election for one day in 2016 because of what the FBI did. No, I'm I'm dead serious. Without the FBI, without Comey, without the letter, without the constant leaks from New York, and I really want to know who leaked that at the very end. Is it the guy that, I mean, who leaked that? Is that a New York Times story? Who yes, was the it FBI was. agent that gave Donald Trump a, a, a free a, a I, I'm not going there. So. No, we expect you to read the stories. I don't expect it. I don't expect it. But, 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 the, but, the, but the question is... Today was kind of fun. I mean, it, it worked one time. Yeah. And it worked one time under the weirdest of circumstances where even Donald Trump said, if we'd held the election 10 days in a row, I would have won one of those 10 days. But, but, but he it, did it for four years. And they lost. But they lost. They lost in 17. They lost in 18. They lost in 19. They lost in 20. They lost in 21. They lost in 22. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, go, please, go yes. on. Um, but <laughs> it, it worked once, but the problem is there's never been anything to take its place. So they keep coming back to it. But like, but what Governor Sanders did last night, I was like, 
you needed some kind of like MAGA decoder book to even understand what she's talking about. Like what woke Washington's living in woke fantasies. Like what are you even what are you even saying? It's the kind of speech that only makes sense to not just like. Some lane of the base. But I think for most Americans, they just have no idea what you're even talking about. And it's just like mm-hmm. this weird dystopian yeah. America that that exists only in that like pretty limited MAGA lane. Well, you know, the thing is, so th- there are, are a lot of Americans who were concerned about what goes on in college campuses, which, of course, I thought it's pretty funny because you have conservatives always talking about how they're against the heckler's veto. And last night it was Republicans practicing the heckler's veto on the the biggest stage. But there are a lot of Americans concerned about wokeism on college campus. There are a lot of Americans, over 80 percent, who don't think like, for instance, um, uh, uh, don't think that uh, uh, males who transition uh, after puberty should be able to compete against girls and young women in sports. Keep listening, Joe. You'll eventually learn how to talk about us. But you're trying. I give you. I, I give you. I give you credit for that. You're trying. Trans girls were never males. That's all right. But that's here, right? They they'll talk about that over dinner tables, and they do a lot. Too much to me. I'm like, can we just please talk about the Red Sox? Um, but at the end of the day, they care about the things Biden was talking about. They care about their jobs. They care about their futures. They, they care about when plants are, like th- this stuff that she was talking about last night, that's for a podcast. Right. Yeah. That's not for a party's vision of the future. Yeah. Okay, I'm a little triggered. That's not for a podcast. Ah, uh, I see. It, it, meanwhile, Christopher writes in, Bruga, Bruga, unholy Grammy wokeness. Oh, my God, I can hear little Benny wife, not wet Shapiro. Carry it. Oh, did you? Hadn't quite put it that put it together that well. Before. I can hear little Benny wife, not wet Shapiro carrying on about this performance. The devil's taking over everything. Top hats, condoms. We must make it stop. For the love of God, make it stop. Yeah. That's true. God, Theo, you are an absolute font of wisdom. A small correction, the first trans person to win a Grammy was Wendy Carlos, the Moog synthesizer pioneer who won for the score of Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange. It's brilliant music. It absolutely is. And I'm ashamed of myself that I forgot about Wendy Carlos because she is truly a pioneer and her story is stunning and sad um sarah's year in dc steven new york says one year at band camp oh god and can we just talk about the Red Sox? Perhaps it's borderline, but that's that's CBW. Not wrong. Randy Radar, just projection much? I know, I know. Okay, let's uh, let's see if I did solve the problem 
with the stress line. Hey, welcome to the program. Hey, Robert. It's me, Reggie, from Decatur, Georgia. Well, hey, Reggie. Coming through loud and clear. Long time. It's been a while. It's been a while. You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm doing just fine. How do you feel about Marjorie Trailer Queen uh, Gang Green Cue Ball interrupting Joe Biden's State of the Union address speech last night with the word liar? I mean, spent a lot of time on it in the first hour of the program. She's. She's a living, walking, talking, breathing embarrassment, but apparently she's the kind of embarrassment that that dis- that what is it, the 13th district in Georgia just finds irresistible. Some people like right. to send people and to Congress to be stupid people. Stupid people yeah, send stupid do, people to do, Congress to be stupid. Well, why do Democratic presidents keep inviting these big bully as Republicans to disrupt and interrupt them by screaming the word liar during their live national? Address well, he but he couldn't, uh, Reggie. He had no way to he had no way to control her. There used to be this country used to be a place where we had a little bit of decorum. If you didn't want to clap, don't clap. If you don't want to stand, don't stand. But you don't but you don't sit there and and scream back at the press. You know, this idiotic woman wouldn't scream back at the preacher on Sunday. No, or well, one of her own. Right, right. Of her own. I mean, and as you as you said, Robert, if they didn't want to speak, they sit there, be quiet, listen, observe, and most importantly of all, learn something. But Reggie, you've got to you've got Reggie, you've got to take something into consideration. Yeah, I guarantee you, we're not okay. So we're not quite twenty four hours from the end of the State of the Union speech. Right. Okay. She's probably raked in a few hundred thousand donor dollars because that's what maggots want. Right. And they may be a minority, but they are a vocal minority, and they and they have proven that they will throw their money right down a rat hole if someone is just being sufficiently stupid enough. Right. Right. But uh, remember... Remember Joe Wilson did that to former President Barack Obama. Yeah, he he was he, he's the he's the OG on this. Yeah, he created and started it. Yeah, and he made you know a, and mean? he and he made an absolute ton of money out of it. So anytime there's anytime there's a dollar to be made, even if it's by being vulgar and ugly, it's never going to be beyond uh, beyond the pale for a Republican. Right. But if we did it at any of their speeches, their state of the union of their speeches, they raised holy ass hell over Oh, well, you know, they they, 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 they had a baby live on air over Nancy Pelosi ripping up Nitwit Nero's hateful speech. True. They were crying, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you said, they were crying. I mean, but, like, you know, they could do it to us, but you can't do it right back at them. They have hissy fits. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. They're babies. They're, they're really stupid yeah, yeah, they babies. Fully overgrown babies. Who need, I don't know, the pen. You know, you know what I'm saying, Robin? Yeah. They need, they need the way they depend, you know. But, uh, and, you know, and look what they've done to a representative Il- Ilhan Omar. Yeah, it's shameful. And, and I think most of the country knows that it's shameful. Yeah, it is. 
I'm surprised that she wasn't crying when they've done that to her. You know. Yeah. But I'm sure she was emotional. No, she's that. too. She's too strong. Right. She's too. She's not going to let them see her. She's not going to give them her tears. She's going to. She will right. give them, and other women gave them the fury that they righteously deserved. And men. And, right, and men gave them hell too. And justifiably so. It was about time we start uh, stop being cowards and start being, shall we say, leaders again. Right, Robin? We've been cowards far much way too damn long, man. You can't let you can't let the bullies win, man. No, and and, and the, the thing is, President Biden didn't. He handled them sure. with grace and aplomb, and actually made them look stupider even than they were. Right. You mean like you mean like the Marjorie Taylor Queen? Cuball, gangrene. Yep. Made her look stupid too, and the rest of them. And and I mean, and that was kind of like doubling down because she was already making herself look stupid, and he just he, walking around the halls of Congress yeah, with ahead. a white balloon for God's sakes, yelling "You lie," uh, showing showing up in that yeah. horrible, horrible fur-lined thing she was wearing. Oh, she was. Yeah. He didn't have to work very hard at it, but he still managed to make her look even worse. Yeah, right. So you know, like you said, it used to be decorum and rules. Now it's all thrown out the window. Right, Robin? Yeah. Well, again, it makes some money, so yeah. they're going to keep on doing it. Right. That's true. That's true. What does Michelle Obama used to say? When they go low, we go high. Yeah, but I, I think I think uh, Joe Biden kind of put a little little twist on that. Instead, when they went low, he hit her with a rock. I mean, he 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 burned he burned those people to the ground. I mean, there weren't even ashes left to scatter. Not even burning ashes, like after he obliterated them. Yeah, you know, and then took a leaf blower and scattered the ash, just blew it away. Right. Well, right. tell me, tell me how you've been. It's been a while. How are things in Atlanta? I've been doing just, just fine, Robin. It's a warm day today. Well, you know, nice. It's a warm day today. It's been halfway. It's been actually kind of tolerable. It's going to be cloudy, but we'll probably get up to near seventy tomorrow. It's <sighs> yeah. Because next month will be springtime, man. Well, not up here. Well, I mean, well, because it's not unusual to have a snowstorm on the first day of spring here in the here in the hills. Right. Oh, right. Uh, did you hear that Don Lemon blew up at a uh, co-host over something? I don't know. Yeah, I saw that, but I didn't bother to read the story. Yeah. Maybe he was having one of those off days. You know, it, it does happen. Oh, we it all have happen. them. It does, and we all have them. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe he's probably had enough of people lying on it, lying to him about politics. You know, they said that the woman that he yelled at was so upset that she ran out of the room. She stormed out of the room, or stormed, stormed off the set. So that, that's not done. Well, I think, I think, thing, I think things are kind of. Not great at CNN right now. They just had their worst ratings book, I think, in nine years. Yeah, and which proves which which proves that, that which proves that uh, you know the new management team that came in and try and is trying to turn 
CNN to, into Fox Light uh, may so, not may not have read the room. Right. You mean, in other words, it sucks. I don't. I better hope you don't do that to MSNB. Go ahead, Robin. No, I, ahead. I, 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 I'll be I'll be quite. I, ne- I almost never watch CNN. Right. Me neither. Well, you better hope you don't do it to MSNBC. Well, they've already been they've already been trying to do, but they brought some new people into MSNBC, and that's why you see. Uh, I think that's why you see Chuck Todd acting like he has a little bit of integrity and courage. I don't know. If, I don't know if you caught. I don't. I don't know if you caught him going round and round with uh, Jim Jacket off Jordan a couple of Sundays back, but that was a that was a refreshingly different Chuck Todd. Right. I remember what they've done to Tiffany Haddish recently, right? Well, yeah, well, yeah. No, you mean uh, Tiffany yeah. Cross? Yeah, Tiffany Cross. Yeah. You know what they done to You know what they did to her? Yeah. Because she had the audacity to fight back. He wasn't going to sit there and take it. He wasn't a coward like the rest of them. Like I said, you can't let the, you can't let the bullies win, man. You know, she wasn't a coward. They fought her, she fought right back. You know, with words, of course. And with facts and the truth, they couldn't handle it, so they had been fired her. And I didn't know that MSNBC worked for Fox. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In terms of doing that. I didn't know that could happen. Didn't know that could happen. Right. Well, well, Reggie, it is awfully nice hearing from you. I hope you have a lovely evening, and uh, don't be such a stranger, okay? Yeah, you too, Robin. And I hope we can clean up Congress. We can start cleaning up Congress. Well, get rid of the bad people and bring in the good ones. Yeah, the yeah. job. Well, the job begin. The, the job you know begins mean? now. The job yeah. actually, the job began began the minute the the polls closed on the last one. Mm-hmm. Well, you think that AOC could do an excellent job of sweeping up and cleaning house? In terms of Congress, but does she need does she need her squad to help her out? Well, minus one. Ah, uh, yeah, I, so, I think I think it's a matter of getting good candidates running, and not yeah. and not and not letting not letting these these godforsaken Republicans go uncontested. True, but that's a, that's a, that's an hour long digression on my part about how we need to take. Um, Bringing the South back into the fold seriously. Look how look look at look at you in Georgia. You got you got two Democratic senators. That was unthinkable, and now it's reality right. because right. because people worked hard for it. Right. It can happen. Right. Yeah, it can happen. You know, it's probably not going to happen in Alabama anytime soon. Probably not in Mississippi, Stan. But there, but there are there are places where progress can be made. Right. What about your negative word, Robbie? You know, West Virginia. Oh no, no, Reggie. We're we're getting we're getting worse. Right. How much worse? Exactly. A lot, a lot worse. But hopefully, the hopefully this hopefully hopefully this even here, this Republican gang of thugs, cut purses and highwaymen and foot pads. Uh, hopefully, well, there's polling data that says that these Republic people think these Republicans are entirely out of line and spending too much time being hateful and 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 and, and advancing hate-filled bills. 
Yeah. It may take a generation to turn around, but I think uh, I think I think we can all turn around. Right. At least sufficiently. At least sufficiently to, to 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 make a dent make a dent in the uh, in in the control of Congress. I love that line yeah. last night when uh, President Biden was talking about all the money going for infrastructure projects, and he said, "Right." And I love and I really thank the Republicans who worked with me, and I even you know I even thank the ones who opposed it because I'll still mm-hmm. come to your district. While you're taking credit for it, and be happy right beside right. you. That was, that was another. It was another beautiful example of him just owning their ass. Right. If you yourself, Robinson K, were president right now, oh, don't even. Joe Biden. Well, oh, right. <laughs> you, would, you could. You would be able to. I don't think you want. I don't think you want to do You might not be able to handle it. You know what I mean? Uh yeah. It's not for the faint you of know. heart. I don't have. I don't have. I don't have enough ego or. Patience, maybe that too, <laughs> for the job. Or temper, for the, for the temperament. Yeah, that. Because right? I really do. I'm, 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 I, I have a renewed respect for Biden's temperament. Uh-huh. I think he is a fundamentally yeah. decent man. But yeah. Reggie, you, you have a good one, and uh, like I said, don't be a stranger. Let's talk soon, okay? All right, and I hope you keep. I hope you continue standing up to him, even though they attack him each and every single day. I do too. You know what I mean. Yeah. Have a you great evening, okay? Do the media. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Hadn't heard from Reggie in a while. That was nice. I had a note from, uh, and by the way, uh, Cowbell for Steve. You know, Steve in New York earlier for the. Uh, can we just talk about the Red Sox? Perhaps it's borderline, but that's CBW. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. Cowbell worthy. Uh-huh. <laughs> we just talk about the race. <laughs> hey, Pitchers and Catchers report is coming up soon. And uh, Cynthia with a note. I think it would have been fun if in response to marginal trailer queens heckling, Biden might have said something like, uh, who's that? The Jewish space laser lady? How stupid's that? A good comic could have had a ton of fun with her and show her to be even more stupid, but Biden still did a great job. Oh. Yes, he did, Cynthia. Yes, he did. Is that the Jewish space laser lady? (laughs) Well, how nice for you. Isn't that special? Yeah. (laughs) And uh, Elbert in Rhode Island wants to know, what did you think of Cinema's yellow dress? (sighs) You know, there's a thing... And I was actually watching a YouTube video earlier today by a lovely young woman who talks about how women like me often, like us, trans women, often lean into the hyper-feminine. And it's not, well, it's, it's, it's for the best of all reasons. Because whether you transition at 14... 44 or 57, Omaha, Omaha, um, you have been denied things for so long that you want to embrace them, want to revel, it's part of reveling in one's freedom, 
and early on we can we, we, we can tend to have a, a bit of clouded judgment. Most times I see it referred to as that awkward phase. I know I went through it. Um, and I think Kirsten Cinema is too. She needs she needs better friends. Oh that no. No. I mean the shoulders the shoulders the shoulders on that, that, that that yellow dress would have made Joan Crawford say, What? I mean, people trying to be decent are saying she wore a striking yellow dress. She wore a yellow dress that with with, 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 with wide enough shoulders that they that it would have it would it would have made a lineman for the Eagles or the or the Chiefs in the Super Bowl feel dainty. Honey. Hey, Nat, did you see Kirsten Cinema's dress? Come here, please. Pretty please. No, no, just no. <laughs> it's not. It's not often she. No, no. By the way, Steve, I think that's the first time we've ever. Uh, I, th- I think that's the first time we've ever given a cowbell to Joe Scarborough. How about that? Oh, that dress. In terms of reviews, a, a style expert said Kirsten Cinema's yellow dress at the State of the Union reflects her independent spirit, but it missed the mark. <sighs> Not, not, no, style expert. Uh, Lauren Rothman, image consultant, author of Style Bible, founder of fashion firm Style Auteur, said, I always coach clients on the importance of a successful, well-balanced fit. Her dress missed the mark. It appeared ill-fitting. Ill-fitting. Just say that she's in that awkward phase, Okay. How polite. Jezebel had a little something-something to say. Kirsten Cinema gives big let-them-eat-cake vibes at State of the Union address. Does she think she's at the Grammys, the Met Gala? What's happening? A photo of her swanning around with Bishop Willard Romney. Careful, honey, he'll strap you to the top of the station wagon. Writing at Jezebel, Laura Bassett said, It feels pretty, it feels petty to discuss a U.S. senator's outfits at all, except that 
Clothes and politics aren't entirely irrelevant, and cinema's outfits in particular are clearly meant to be conversation pieces. So if you're going to do things that fuck over tons of Americans while wearing shit like this, then you're essentially a modern-day Marie Antoinette. And, and, and all the photos of her are with Republicans. There's another picture of her with Bishop Willard Romney and uh, Tim Scott of South Carolina, who was doing his best to look away. No. Honey, no. Well, you know what? I could be reading this entirely wrong. Maybe she wore it in solidarity with drag queens everywhere. Oddly enough, Ralph's just sent me a note. Kirsten needs fashion advice from a drag queen. I don't, I don't, I don't know a self-respecting drag queen out there who would be caught dead in that dress. Oh, she was wearing a watch with uh, kind of a trans flag vibe to it. Was das? Anyway, let's. Uh, by the way, uh, we are coming up on the third hour of the program. We had five hundred and twenty-five bucks to raise this evening. Uh, we're goose egging so far. Thanks so much for all the help we got last night. Trying to just trying to keep the stupid power bill paid. And it's a chore. Let's uh, let's go over go over to the Skyfly and check in with Scott. Hey, Scott, how are you? Well, I'll tell you, Robin, since you were so kind to ask. Do please. I didn't actually see the state OD union uh, uh, address last night because I had to delete my um, tier of service on my video uh, thing. I think I mentioned this before, maybe not. I have to delete my uh, tier of service, which includes CNN and uh, MSNBC and all that, simply for budgetary reasons. But I did listen on the uh, TuneIn app that has the MSNBC channel. So I got the audio, if not the video. So I didn't really see the dress in question until today online. What, did they quit making Don't Tread on Me flags? What? Wait a minute. Come on. Supply chain issues. Ah, there you go. Chinese, uh, Chinese. Yeah, Bernadette just said, I thought she was a giant daffodil driving the bees to think spring had sprung. Did she get that at Pollinators R Us? Asking for a friend. And you got to figure that she has staff or friends or family members. I I don't know if she has, when when you wear this, I I don't know if she has any friends left. Well, that could be, you know. She must have at least one enemy, given the fact that. Uh, or oh, okay, let, well, let me let me let me <laughs> let me amend my remarks. There is a certain cattiness among some trans women who will say things like, "Oh, you look great, Han." Yeah. <laughs> and, "Oh, you look great, Han," does not mean you look great. Exactly. It means don't leave the house in that, Han. 
Yeah, what, what were you thinking? Han. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, good. God, you're right. You're right. But you, I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I, you know, and and Biden did give give it his his best shot. See, my thing with Sarah Huckabee Sanders is there now an app for Mad Libs Republican Edition? Because that seems like how they came up with you know. The, I heard reports all week. Bruga, bruga, morble, morse, narf. What is a woman? Democrats uh, don't know. In the run-up to the State of the Union, I saw reports on all the, ch- or I heard reports on all the channels, having to do with the, you know, with the meeting up at Camp David, with with the speechwriters and the consultants and all the rest of them sitting down with the president and maybe even um, uh, the vice president, working out the verbiage, because they take that stuff seriously. It is, after all, a, a statement from the chief executive about the state of the union, okay? They're not like the Republicans. Not, it's not like uh, hate-filled Mad Libs, okay? This is a real deal for them. So they take it seriously. And it's, it's just like, what? that's not even a response. They call it the GOP response. That's just a, a babbling Mad babbling. I, it's just, yeah, it's kind of like what Truman Capote once is alleged to have said about Jack Kerouac's On the Road. That's yeah, not writing. That's typing. Typing, yeah. Well, he did. That wasn't, that wasn't responding. That was, I don't even know the word. Well, see, you got to look at the logistics here. There is no legitimate response in opposition I mean, real opposition, genuine, heartfelt opposition, where you make statements and you make points and you give facts that are reality-based. Nothing really that I could hear that Biden said was challengeable. I, I only, I've only listened to it once. I may have to revisit it and look at the text. But when you've got nothing and it's your turn to speak... Well, Sarah Huckabee Sanders happens with her mad libs from hell. And and, and she always, I mean, she and Uncle Fester, I believe, were separated at birth. If you remember the Adams family on television with uh, Jackie. Oh, yes, yes. They got that weird look in the eye, you know, but I don't know. Marty Feldman would go on to have that same weird look in the eye. Yes, exactly. Well, yeah, and it was, you know, widescreen edition. You know, he had one going this way, one going that way. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's not. It's. I mean, I brought up Marty Feldman for a reason. I, I, can't, I had. I had a hard time keeping up. I had a hard time keeping up with Sarah Hustlebuck sandbags. I, I kept that that baleful, gimlet eye. Yes. Well, was it an honor uh, for her to do it, or was she like the low person on the? Uh, did she pick the short straw or the long straw, whichever it is? She's she was dumb enough to take the job. Well, there is that. Okay. And feel really awesome about it. Did y'all see me? I was on the TV last night. <laughs> I, was all, I was on the TV box, the radio with pictures. Think of that. The radio. Uh, is there a collection? Sound and everything. Well, I have two questions. Uncle Jed! (laughs) 
Jeff Green, come here, sit down, look at this. Ma, uh, ma. And, and you've got to have some of that high-test rheumatism medicine if you're going to sit there and watch the GOP response. Do you, okay, okay I, got a, I, got a, I got an important question for you. Oh, okay, let me put on my important question hat. Okay, go ahead, Mr. Peabody. <laughs> Ms. Peabody, damn yeah, you. Sir. Yeah, that's Ms. Peabody, you chums. Uh. Do you think they dubbed Jethreen's voice in, or did Ma or did Max Bear do that voice, Junior? I, I think I know this from somewhere. It may have been an interview that on the. Because um, I mean, you're you're a bit of a scholar of of that 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 whole universe of of, of shows. Who was the guy? Paul Henning. Was Paul Henning. Guy, yeah, we talked about Paul Henning years ago. If you go to Emmy Legends, there's a multi-part. Uh, video, audio, video interview with Paul Henning talking about the various work that he had done even before he did Beverly Hillbillies and the other shows. But I believe that was Max Bear in his girlish voice. Well, I have I to mean, I have to give him credit for it. Yeah, and because because you know, uh, voice was not clockable, like mine. Well, no, it wasn't, and and he. he <laughs> And you got to remember, this was on in the 60s. Well, you know, maybe not quite innocent times. Okay, definitely escapist television. But I guess even back in the 40s, when Milton Berle would dress. Oh, up. I was about to say this was this was an America that had gotten comfortable with drag via Milton Berle. Yeah. And there's going to be a did you know there's going to be a remake of Some Like It Hot. Oh, but wait a minute, wait a minute, let me, because I did have a legitimate question. Yeah, go ahead. And then we'll do something like it, hot, the, the redux. Is there a place, first of all, two questions. How long ago did the GOP response to the state of the, state of the union, how, what, how, what's the length of that tradition? Because I don't remember it in the 60s when I was coming up. The other question is, is there a place where all of the GOP responses can be viewed because I'll bet you if there is that would make for some, some, some great twisted entertainment to, to sit and watch decade after decade speech after speech year after year how these poor bastards flail at, at reality and give it up crew I mean come on get on board with reality based reality and let's be done with it and move forward happily is that asking too much? But anyway, something like that. In this era? Yeah, I know. That ship has sailed. And sunk. And sunk. Yeah. But anyway, so they're gonna. Who's gonna be in the re remake of some like that? Huh? I don't know. I just I just saw that in passing somewhere along the way, and it's like, that's one you probably should leave alone. Well, I'm not real big on on re remakes myself. I mean, I, I sincerely hope it's not followed by the reboot of Tootsie. Well, no. If they do do the uh, remake of some like it, you know that was, some of that was filmed right in the San Diego area down area down in Coronado, at the Coronado Hotel and Beach. I had no idea. Oh yes, yes. There's I think there's a making of video somewhere. Or a documentary about maybe it didn't 
well, no, they didn't have home video back when that show came out, that movie. But uh, it is a kind of a, it's an interesting thing, is what I'm saying. But, and I love that movie. I love, uh, <laughs> I love Joe E. What's his name? Joe E. Brown? Oh, yeah. The wide mouth uh, comedian. I forget his character name, but God damn, that's a funny, a funny movie. And who was that? Billy Wilder? Did he direct that? I'm pretty sure he did. Is it? Is it Billy Wilder? I, I'm pr- pretty I don't sure. have it off the top of my head. And the Horn, the Horn Ad Hoc Research Department will get right on that. I'm pretty sure it was him. And his collection of work, if you can go from something like The Apartment with Fred McMurray and Shirley MacLaine and Jack Lemmon to a, a, a romp like something like it ought, but that, yeah, that's saying something for a director to be to have that type of range is what I'm saying. We have an answer on Jethreen's voice. Uh oh. Uh, courtesy of Kim in New York serving as the Horn Ad Hoc Paul Henning Comedy Series uh, Department Research Department. Um, who knew? Said Kim. Paul Henning's daughter Linda Kay. This is interesting at least according to this piece that uh, she went and found. Paul Henning's daughter, Linda Kay, who was on Petticoat Junction, did Jethreen Bodine's voice. I'll be damned. So they did dub in Jethreen. Wow, I never knew that. I was always of the... And maybe... I don't know. Maybe I knew it and spaced it and just wanted Max Baer Jr. to do it. I have the sense that he didn't like that part. No, he he has said it ru- it ruined his life. <laughs> well, now come on, how how is that possible? Well, because he was he he was branded as a confident idiot for the rest of his acting career. Well, hell, he could play Trump in the co- upcoming made-for-TV movie. I think they're about the same age. No, uh, actually, Max Bear Jr. I think he's still alive. He may be the last living member, the main cast member. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, you're right. By the way, uh, this note just came in. Donating for those who are currently silent. So Women Standing is offering a small amount of funds. We know, Robin, that this community, even though some are silent, our connection remains intact. And in respect for those unheard voices, please know their presence is felt on some distant plane while always affirming to the voices who choose to be heard. May we mesh together in friendship and care warmly. Jude. Jude is just so sweet, so darling, so warm and so caring. Thank you, Jude. Thank you so much. We're not a goose egg for this evening, and that's a big deal. Thank you. And if you will pardon me just for a moment, this is going to take me a couple of minutes to get through, and I hate to do it on your nickel, but uh, if you, I, I just got a, a, I just got a note in from uh, Darlene in Connecticut. And I want to get—I want to take a moment to give it the time and depth that it deserves. Go, go for it. The su- the subject line is: Hang on, please don't go down that route. There are plenty of women who have very broad shoulders. For one, the beautiful Ayanna Presley, who wore a white billowed shoulder dress last night, and Katie Porter, who has a full figure. I don't think you should be saying stuff like this. I disagree with it wholeheartedly because it always goes back down to what the woman is wearing. And this is an excuse to completely uh, be pushed aside. 
All they've accomplished, even Kirsten Cinema, as much as I can't stand her. There's no question she was trying to stand out, and she succeeded for whatever reason uh, she was trying to stand out. I was more troubled that she was sitting next to who she was sitting next to, but that's Kirsten Cinema. And again, uh, the, the only photo I've found with her yet anywhere near a Democrat. No, that's not a, that, that's Lisa Murkowski. All the photographs are, are of her swanning around with Republicans who want to slit our throats. Um, you like to joke that you're a suspiciously large woman. Oh, Darlene, it's not a joke. And just because you may try to work hard to tamp that down for whatever reasons, please don't rank on anyone else who might be full-figured or the camera makes them look larger. I'm not, I'm not commenting on her size. I'm commenting on, I'm commenting as one woman commenting on a horrible fashion choice for another woman. I think, I think if she had a friend, the friend it would have said, please, no, don't. Um, because friends do that. I have put on things and Annette has looked at me and said, don't ever, ever, no, that's just a no. It doesn't work on you. Uh, and going back in time, Darlene says, you would say Hillary Clinton in that banana suit she wore. Well, I've seen Nancy Pelosi wear all yellow and all purple and all raspberry, yet I've never heard you say that Nancy looked like a banana or a grape or a raspberry. Why? Is it because she's thinner or petite? Or maybe she has a fashion sense that's different or more acceptable? You should know better, Robin. Well, I want to, I want to address that specifically. When I was referring to Hillary and her banana suit, It was because it was banana yellow. What Kirsten Cinema is wearing is not banana yellow. It's more like an really unripe lemon yellow. Um, but there is a larger context here. I made I made reference to Hillary and her banana suit while I was decidedly in Bernie Sanders' camp. It was before the primaries were done, and it was before it was clear that Hillary was going to be the nominee. But it was also something else. It was a statement, perhaps we would say an acknowledgement, that there are different standards that are applied to women's fashion versus men's. And the argument that I was making back then was that if any serious male politician showed up in some bright primary color suit, he would very quickly become a non-politician. He would literally be laughed out of his professional life. His, 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 his sexuality would be called into, in, called into question. And I think that was a valid observation. It was also something else, though. It, it was a trans woman being horribly, horribly jealous. Because that was a time when my fashion choices were limited to charcoal gray, navy blue, 
and black as practically all men's business attire is. And I hated every minute of it. Despised it. Men are allowed one thing, one element of color, a necktie. And even and and, and if that is too over the top, he'll catch hell for that. That particular debate between Hillary and Bernie, he caught hell for looking schlubby because he, he it, it's like his suits came off came from the tailor pre-rumpled for his convenience. And it, you know it probably worked for his whole man of the people shtick. Because he just didn't care about his appearance. But that was where that came from. Because I yearned for color. I yearned for the freedom to choose clothing that fit my own aesthetic as a woman. And, and isn't fashion, I don't mean to jump on uh, Darlene's time here, but isn't fashion an outward expression of your inner self, your spirit, and your bon vivant heart? And Well, in, 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 in women's fashion, it certainly is. I mean, as Darlene notes, she was making a statement. I don't, you know. The same statement she, I guess, one of the, the just like she was making a statement when she walked into the well of the Senate, wearing a cheer, wearing a Catholic schoolgirl skirt, and curtsied and fucked America. Didn't she? Didn't she also wear about a year or so ago a skirt with wide stripes going diagonally that looked like. You know, at the shipping entrance where they have the stripes on the... the oh, you mean the of, yeah, the black and the yellow? Yeah. Maybe yeah, she's yeah. got a thing for yellow. I don't know. The caution tape look, I believe, is what they called that. Uh, anyway, go ahead. I, I didn't mean to but it has, nothing, it has nothing to do with anyone's shoulder size. It has nothing to do with whether one is full-figured or petite. It has primarily to do with the fact that I wouldn't... Um, let's see here. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pee on Kirsten Cinema if her guts were on fire. Okay. I feel about her very similarly to how I feel about the former guy. Nothing to do with gender. Nothing to do with sexuality. It has to do with the fact that I consider both of them to be despicable attempts at a member of the human race. And I'm not saying she has big shoulders. I'm saying what other women who wrote about it said. Missed the mark. Or as uh, the writer at Jezebel put it, gave off a real Marie Antoinette vibe. Or the story some time back about how she was selling stuff on Facebook 
used clothing. When a woman who has her kind of income and her kind of clothing budget could easily have given, and, and it was it was like workout wear. And there are plenty of women in D.C. of of, of limited means that she could have just given it to and written it off on her taxes, but that is not the kind of person she is. It is always a minefield to comment on a woman's appearance. I acknowledge that. But as Joy in Ann Arbor pointed out the other day, the gloves are, there are some people with whom for whom the gloves are all the way off. I'm trying to think who who was it that uh, Joy I think Joy was talking about uh, either Lauren Bobblehead Boobert or Clanny Oakley. I'm looking here to And I'm sorry, I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm 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 still just appalled at whatever it was that uh, marginal trailer coin. That it's almost like she was trying to trying to court a Lady Gaga vibe. Um, I'm looking here. Yeah. Isn't it helpful, though, to remember that it's not a fashion show evening it, or, or a Broadway opening or a film opening? It's a, a freaking State of the Union. It's not solemn, necessarily, but it is to be taken seriously. Well, yes, it is. And, and that's why I mean, if you don't want to applaud, don't applaud. If you don't want to stand, don't stand. I, who, but I you don't bark and scream and bellow like you're in a bar in Chagrin Falls. One of the uh, now I'm going to get email about how nice Chagrin Falls is. Okay, it was just a place. One of the network common uh, network anchors back in the early or mid '70s or whatever. Just I think it was John Chancellor wore a. Um, you remember when checks were real big in men's uh, jackets? Oh, yeah. Yeah, houndstooth and the like. Uh, but he wore a particularly loud sport coat to anchor the evening news that night. And Brinkley was still at NBC. And he took him aside afterwards and said, what if someone had died? That is to say, some person of, of prominence, and it was breaking news, and you have to report on it wearing what amounted to a, a, not a clown suit, but something that you would get from a see on a carnival barker or a, a second-rate used car uh, lot salesman's uh, back and shoulders. What if someone had died, okay? And, it, it and you had to go on air like that. Yeah, but, but I, that, that lemon yellow, and I don't even think lemons are that shade, to be honest, unless these are these new... Uh, monster uh, gene genetic uh, alter <laughs> GM GMO lemons. GM yeah, these GMO lemons. Well, you get anything in that batch. 
But what I'm saying is, it's you've got to dress for the occasion. It was it was more like she was going to a party or something. And I'm, I'm God knows far. But but she dre- but she dresses cinema dresses like that where you know. Uh, I mean, really, the the Catholic schoolgirl outfit, you know, basically the oops, I did it again outfit from Britney Spears to cast a vote on people earning a living wage. But is it a tell when it comes right down to it? Well, it is. I mean, that's what, uh, according to... uh, according, According to the article at Jezebel... It's like, don't take me seriously. It was, she was, she was, uh, she was serving up pure Marie Antoinette. And by the way, uh, last night during our back and forth, uh, Joy messaged me and said, hubby says Senator Enema is a power ranger. Was there a yellow ranger? I don't know. I can't keep the damn the mutant turtles. But I, I take – I am not being at all facetious. I, I wanted to answer as seriously as I possibly might what Darlene said um, because I agree with it in general principle, but sometimes I throw those principles out the window when it's somebody I despise because ridicule is one of the strongest tools in, our, in, 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 the, in the toolkit, or at least that's what um, – Rules for Radicals says. And it would be one thing... And she has hurt so many people. So many people. It would be one thing if you couldn't list the top 25 items where she's just full of it and and, and not, not positively oriented in, in her, some of her statements and some of her takes on things. You know, but you could just as easily list all of the particulars against her over the the years that she's been in in public service and has broken bad, so to speak. And that just kind of tops off the the, uh, bill of particulars. Yes, and she's... And I always think think of that shoulder treatment, those sleeves, as kind of having a Cuban vibe. Um, like Miami Sound Machine outfit? No, like pre-Castro Cuba vibe. Oh, okay, yeah. The big flouncy, yeah, sort of sleeves, and I even I, I bought I bought I bought something like that a couple of years ago. Uh, I bought a blouse at Wally World because it was a Madras print, which I just love, and. It was a lesson in, once again, Robin, don't wear that because I do, I do, I do have shoulders. Jesus God, you know, forty-five years of testosterone will do that to you. But I put it on, and it was like, no, 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 and it's terrible. It was just terrible. The embodiment of that Jimmy Dean song, Big John, brought at the shoulders and nerve at the hips. Everybody knew to give no lip to Big John. I 
I'm sorry. That I, I get it. Um, all right. But uh, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Ralph says, I think when she was the president, serving as president of the Senate, she wore a schoolgirl plaid outfit. Um, let's see here. Uh, uh, Cynthia says, I thought her dress was, well, loud. Loud. Screaming yellow loud. <laughs> I might have worn that dress to a party, but not to work. Time and place for everything, but not that there. Yeah, wrong time, wrong place. I tend, I tend to agree. Uh, Clarence says, uh, yes, yes, Clarence. Oh, cowbell for Clarence. Dorothy L'Amour from the 40s and 50s movies. From the road pictures. <laughs> Maybe that's the vibe. Yeah. Channeling her inner Dorothy. But it, doesn't uh, it all come down to look at me, look at me, aren't I something? Oh. And, and then this from Christopher. Uh, I don't think you meant Sanders. You meant maybe um, Governor Sanders, the bad one. Christopher says, when I was a kid, we collected frustration pencils. You'd put these fuzzy heads on the end of your pencil eraser and rub the pencil between your palms so the hair would flare out and the, and, and the googly eyes would bobble around. <laughs> she reminds me of a frustration pencil come to life. Talking about Sarah Hustlebuck sandbags. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Irish Day says, does this describe cinema? It's a picture of her standing with a couple of Republicans. Complete metamorphosis has four stages, egg, larva, pupa, and adult. In each stage of complete metamorphosis, the animal looks different than at all other stages. This is different from incomplete metamorphosis, where the early stages of development look like tiny versions of the adult. Green Party, Democrat, Independent, and finally GOP Butterfly. Oh, dear. Um... Dave, you you may have hit the, hit the nail on the head. There's a, there's something similar uh, in the trans community that is called it's a meme, and the meme is titled "Beware the Trans Pipeline." And it oh here, let me just look it up on uh, online, and it uses. Pronouns to sort of exemplarize transition. Sorry, clack, 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 clack. I'm horrible. Um, beware of the pipeline starts with on the left. Starts with 2017, he, him, boy, holding books. Then it's followed in 2018 by he, they. Then 2019, they, them. 2020, she, they. And 2021, she, her. It's an adorable little meme. And unfortunately, it's a lot more toxic in the case of, of Kirsten Cinema. Because 
She's not going to be a butterfly, Dave. Green Party, Democrat, Independent, and finally, GOP death's head moth. Those things are creepy looking. You ever seen one of those, Scott? Uh, I think so, yeah. Or a murder hornet would probably be... uh, Well, no, it wouldn't keep with the, uh, the metamorphosis analogy. I, I just don't I don't know what these people I, I just let's get back to the speech though okay Blue, do oh. please I, I, oh, I didn't mean no. to throw you for a loop Darlene I hope that uh, well, you may you may not be in agreement but I hope I have at least managed to explain some of the things and when I saw the banana I remember the banana suit concept uh, uh, comment and I remember how much remember how much pain I was in and how I wanted to be able to live and dress as I pleased I mostly can now and it's wonderful uh, Bernadette, meanwhile, says, Anima! Uh, she gets what she gets because she always dresses like she just came out of Forever 21 Clowns in the local mall. Wait a minute. <laughs> Forever 21 Clowns. It's the addition of clowns that makes it art. And I figure that whoever she bought that dress had to be... Close the store, Muriel! Just made a big sale. You know how that thing just wouldn't leave the rack? Nobody wanted... Wait, was Kirsten Cinema just in here? Yep! It so, was too early for a President's Day sale. What, so when did she get it? I... Oh, that thing's probably been hanging... That thing's probably been on the... It, on, on the rack so long, it, it may be... It may be from... It may be from the Melanoma Trump collection of 2017. Well, you may be right. I mean, it's because, it, it uh, you know, you've got a, a dress like that cries out the, for the perfect and most correct occasion. This wasn't it, of course. This was not but, it. <laughs> I just, uh, I, I, I don't think that, you remember the, uh, the collection? See, with Crayolas, you had your 8-pack, then you had your 16-pack. Then I think you had your either 24 or 32-pack. And then you had your stadium seating Crayola pack with like a 100 and some odd things and the sharpener in the back. Maybe they don't even make those anymore. But there were, I bet you if you had one of those 164 uh, stadium seating uh, Crayola packs of, of crayons, that I don't think that color or anything close to it would be in that uh, – and Crayola was the expert on color for kids and coloring books. I mean, what coloring book, unless it was the uh, the uh, GOP uh, 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 coloring book edition, where each of the senators and Congress critters are a black lined outline, and you get to color them in at your at your pleasure with the stadium seating box of Crayolas. Keep you entertained for hours. I would say give it to. Uh, Who's the, the the least sharp Republican in the bunch? Give him or her the coloring book 
and the, the GOP fashion coloring book and the big uh, stadium seating Crayolas and let him just sit in a corner somewhere and lull. Go for it, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. God. Getting, getting back to the speech, uh, I, I thought it was a perfectly fine speech. I, I, I really think that people in that setting, whether you agree, disagree, or have no opinion, sit there on your hands if you have to, other than applause and, 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 and this hooting and hollering, it's out of fucking some of the TV talk shows. You know, I'm thinking of the Springers or the um, Geraldos or the Maury's even. You're the daddy or whatever. Uh, it, it's, just, it's unbecoming of a branch of government. Now, am I overstating the case? Or am no, I you're not. This is see, I, I I know where this came from. This is a direct and proximate result of C-SPAN occasionally running Prime Minister's Question Time from the UK because they sit there and they scream at each other, "Ah, you bloody awful!" Yeah, that kind of thing. You gutter snipe. <laughs> You miserable git. Uh, and, and, and so the Republicans have thought, hey, I want to be like that, only with extra double-plus stupidity. But see, the Brits don't do it with stupidity. They do with, with, a, with a history, a tradition. Yes, a these are the, this, is, this is the island nation that gave us Monty Python. Well, yeah. You know, and, and, and you, you, not everybody can do it. And just because you want to and think you can do it doesn't mean you can do it. Oh, and I, I just want to I just want to shift gears with you for a minute. Okay. Are you any kind of a fan of Pink Floyd? No, I never. I didn't. Yeah, AOR never really appealed to me. I guess they would fall under the heading of album-oriented rock, wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Well, I, I, I was, and I am, and... Uh, Why do you ask? Well, Roger Waters. He's always been controversial, but dear God, he was invited to address the United Nations in the 15-member Security Council. He, he appeared by video saying, okay, this part's all right. The invasion of Ukraine by the Russian Federation was illegal. I condemn it in the strongest possible terms. But that wasn't enough. Also, the Russian invasion of Ukraine was not unprovoked, so I also condemn the provocateurs in the strongest possible terms. <sighs> really? Raj? Never thought I would say this because it's it's just it's it's a level of crankiness that I really didn't think I would reach at this even at this age. But stick to singing, goddammit. Sometimes you just want to yeah. I don't mean to do a GOP take on the Dixie chicks like shut up and sing, but sometimes if you don't have anything 
in the case of Roger, not our Roger, but Roger the singer, Roger Waters, you know, if you don't have anything decent and and mindful to bring to the conversation, don't even don't even come here. Was he invited? Well, he appeared by video. He was invited by Moscow. Oh, dear. Well. And and speaking of Roger, thank you to Roger in Ohio. Thank you, Roger. Uh, Roger just jumped in and got us down to uh, four hundred and eighty five dollars to go. See, I liked it better when the Russians would bang their shoe and be done. Oh, wait a second. No, I I, I calculated around four seventy five. Thank you, Roger in Ohio. And thank you to our pal, Texas T, who got us down to four sixty. So thank you both so very much for jumping in alongside Jude. That was that was most helpful. I really appreciate it. No, you're it, it, you're you're not wrong. Um, it, it's just I, I hesitate like you on the shut up and sing thing it, because I hated it when oh who was the right wing piece of shit who uh, told LeBron James to shut up and dribble or whatever for having a for for yeah. having an opinion that they didn't like. I don't like I don't like that, but by the same token, he's a very intelligent man, and you don't get invited by Moscow to say things to the UN Security Council because Moscow wants to hear the straight skinny. No, it's all it's all toward an ultimate uh, goal, and the goal in this case is. A, a, a variation on the theme of, of Putin and what he's up to and what his uh, long-term uh, aims and, and, and uh, objectives are. I, I just don't, you know. And see, again, it, this is a, I, I would like to think that the UN should still be a venue where serious stuff is brought to the community of nations, just as I would like to think that the House and the Senate are still are still venues where, you know, what do they used to call the, uh, well, maybe they still call it that, the U.S. Senate, the, the greatest deliberative body, you know, in history, right. or in, you know. I want to recapture some of that and get back to, to that to that approach, because the other, the other. I'll, I'll be quite honest. Excuse me. I don't know if we can. Yeah, well, you're right. You're absolutely right. I, you know. And 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 already, things are getting heated and nasty. Uh, today, I don't know if you re- recall him. Uh, uh, Daniel Goldman is now a member of Congress from New York, and he was. One of the uh, he was one of the lead counsels in one of the impeachments. Yes, I do remember. Uh, well, he's a take no shit kind of guy. And James Comer of Kentucky, Stan, who now has the gavel in House Oversight. Well, they got into it today because Comer and Goldman. Well, basically, Comer went after Goldman because of what he said. 
Let me just see if I can play it. Or God's gift to journalism. In one about the Hunter Biden laptop, the author says that every single fact in the New York Post story was accurate. And Chairman Comer, I noticed you blew up the cover of that New York Post story, which I appreciate you doing that because I'd like to dig into this article. The very first paragraph says Hunter Biden introduced his father to a top executive at a Ukrainian energy firm less than a year before the elder Biden pressured government officials in Ukraine into firing a prosecutor who was investigating the company. That is false. 100% false. Is the gentleman sure about that? Yes. In fact, I am sure about that. And as the lead counsel in the first impeachment investigation, we proved that he was actually fired because he was not prosecuting corruption, not that he, he was fired because he was prosecuting corruption. Corruption the of that the president's son's company. I, I, I'm sorry, question. would the gentleman yield corruption of the president's son's company? I'd like to reclaim my time. Gentlemen, recognize the fact that Joe Biden fired consistent with U.S. policy and every single European country, the prosecutor general in Ukraine, because he did not prosecute corruption, including at companies like Burisma, has been proven over and over and over. And if you want to know who actually prosecuted Burisma, Chairman Comer, you should talk to the British authorities because they were the ones who were prosecuting Burisma, and they couldn't get any cooperation from the Ukrainian prosecutor general. So that's why he was fired. So right off the top, the very first paragraph of this so-called bombshell story is completely false. Now, what, are the, what is the allegation that we are hearing from our Republican colleagues about the connection to Joe Biden and Burisma. It is an email from a Burisma employee thanking Hunter Biden for organizing a meeting with the Vice President Biden. We know nothing about the substance of that meeting. We know nothing about how long they met. It was not on Vice President Biden's schedule. And in fact, I would ask my Republican colleagues, do you meet with foreign businessmen? Do you meet with foreign diplomats? If we were to say to you every single time you met with somebody that you discussed something that you're voting on, how would you react? It's preposterous. And Chairman Comer, you have said in your opening statement that Joe Biden lied to the American people. That is a bold, bold accusation. And so far, we've seen no actual evidence of any lies or any support for Joe Biden being involved in anything having to do with Ukraine other than promoting U.S. former policy. And I hope that you are not abusing the power as chairman of this, of this committee and that you are not wasting taxpayer dollars on a fishing expedition into a civilian child of a president for political purposes. I yield back. Gentlemen, yield a quick question. You don't have to. It's your choice. You yield. Yeah, 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 please. So I would love to discuss this. Are you admitting that Joe Biden did get the prosecutor in Ukraine fired? Uh, I think it's very clear 
that Vice President Biden, along with all of our allies in Europe, pressured Ukraine to fire a corrupt prosecutor general who was not charging corruption cases with that would have included potentially Burisma. Corruption with his son's company? Yes. In fact, if what he wanted was the prosecutor general to prosecute corruption and the allegations that you are making and that the Russians are making, because this is all part of Russian propaganda, is that he, uh, Burisma was corrupt and was, uh, and Joe Biden was trying to stop an investigation into Burisma. That is categorically false and there is no evidence of it. Mr. Chairman, we're going to, we're going to recognize one more speaker. That's formidable. Well, you can't put it any plainer than he did. I mean, I like him. I, I do. I do too. And I was just sitting here listening to it, thinking, you know, I've got a sneaking suspicion that a freshman congressman was put on House oversight for precisely these reasons, because he has encyclopedic knowledge of of, of Nitwit Nero's attempt to shake down the Ukrainian government, and he's going to make Comer's life a misery for the next two years. I don't, I've seen him on some of the shows, but what is his background? I mean... He's a hot, sh- he's a hot shit lawyer. Okay, well... I mean, he was counsel, he was counsel for the, the first impeachment. Yeah, I remember him from that, but I didn't... I mean, because people who have, have the goods and know how to bring it to the other side, they'll always... They're always going to be aces in my book. Hey, let me do something real quick. Um, I think, maybe, I might have Tracy on the other side of Skype. Are you there, Tracy? Yep. There she is. Yep. Okay, Tracy. Real quick, because I know you don't have, you only have a few minutes, but I just, I had, I meant to tell you this this morning when we talked. But I had the most interesting conversation with one of my passengers, the older black woman, and we were talking about, she watched, you know, because like I said, I couldn't watch the State of the Union address because I was in class at the time. And I jokingly told Jan, that better be over before LeBron, you know, has to, you know, plays yesterday, to, you know, in, in, a, in an attempt, and of course we all, they all know that he beat Kareem's record. But in case, we were talking about the Republican Party and their, you know, the way that they were, you know, screaming and hollering and just acting like general jackasses. But we were talking about what would happen if, you know, the Republicans got control of, you know, the executives, you know, and, you know, if they got, you know, got control, you know, held on control of the House and, you know, and, and got back control of the Senate. And we're talking about, like, for example, at, you know, access. That's a federal program. You know that's going to go bye-bye if it goes away. And we were just talking about, like, you know, voter suppression law and how the Republican Party knows what they're doing, especially in the South, you know, requiring IDs because there's a certain segment, at least two, you know, maybe even into my generation, of black folks that were born because we weren't allowed to have our children in, children in hospitals. A lot of times people didn't have birth certificates. 
especially if the midwife didn't file or whatever the case may be. And sure enough, this woman's like, and that happened to her. She was born before the midwife got there, and they, they didn't know when she needed her birth certificate, they couldn't find it, right, in the Hall of Records or what have you. And so fortunately, her mother was still alive and, you know, had to sign an affidavit. Now, this was before, because she said she didn't even think about, they didn't even think about needing an ID until she went to get her first job, which was like maybe in the 70s, you know. And she's like, it wasn't a problem then. I said, let's see what would have happened if, you know, you try to get that first, you know, confirmation that you are, in fact, a born person, right? And she's like, exactly. It's so funny, you know, because I've been making this argument for years now that there is a, and people who poo-poo me, well, nobody's still alive, they didn't have a birth certificate. And here I had a black woman in the back of my cab that proved my, my, my hypothesis. You know, that there are, you know, that the Republican Party intentionally made voter ID laws to make sure a certain segment of black folks could not vote because they didn't, they did not have an ID. That part. You know? So it's, it's, it's just, I, you know, I, I I just think it just drives me crazy when I hear these people saying, "Oh, voter suppression laws are are racist." Uh, voter suppression, you know, we're just trying to fight voter fraud and bruga bruga bruga. And so I see that's basically all I wanted to say because I just because I just wanted to put it out there for people who think that you know. People like me are blowing things out of proportion, and you're being over, you know, you're being uh, not overly, overly emotional, but you're blowing things out of proportion. You're taking things, you know, that doesn't really happen. But, yeah, I had living proof, living proof in my cab of a woman that did not have a birth certificate and was a, a, a had, what she had to go through to get her birth, a birth certificate. But again, this is like in the 1970s before they really got vile with the voter suppression law. That's all. It's real. Finest frog's hair. Uh, we've been uh, talking about a little bit of everything. and um, I hasn't... Well, I got myself in... A little bit of hot water, but not too terribly, what, um, because what because did you be, do? because Elbert wrote from Rhode Island and asked me what I thought of Kirsten Cinema's dress last night. You mean the canary yellow number that made her look like? Uh, uh, never mind. No, I, I just I haven't seen it. Remember, I didn't watch it, so I have no idea. And so, what did you say? Oh, somebody said she was like a Beyonce backup singer. Oh, that's cold. Well, Darlene Darlene rightly took me to task for commenting on her appearance. Um, And and, and Darlene Darlene wrote just a minute ago after my explanation, said, I understand better now where you were coming from with Hillary. However, I remain uncomfortable with you and listeners who are progressive, liberal, and open-minded doing essentially what conservatives do and have done, which is always looking at what she's wearing. 
The presumption is that just because you're a woman, you have an innate fashion sense or that you have friends who will tell you, don't you wear that, or maybe because you have certain limitations or other issues, maybe you can't dress the way that is expected of a woman. I'm troubled by it. I know I'm right on that, and it needed to be called out or at least mentioned for discussion. I prefer to focus on what the person says and does, moreover, than what uh, than uh, what they're freaking wearing. And again, I'm, okay, I'm so large. I got, a, I got a little pushback on that. I have a little pushback. Okay. It's because of, because I, I feel the same way. I don't, you know, judge people because, look, I grew up having to wear the same pair, you know, the same clothes. You know, I, the only reason why I didn't have hand-me-downs is because I was the only girl in my family. And I know what it's like to be judged because, you know, I, you know, in the eight, late 70s, early 80s, when designer jeans came out, I was still wearing, you know, Sears, um, you know, jeans from Sears and Montgomery Ward, okay? But here's the thing, and I, I, like, I have no idea what you said, but when it comes to Kristen Cinema, and it's not so much that we're judging her solely on her appearance, it's because of her... Her, her her demeanor and who she is matches the way she dresses, if that makes any sense. Now, and I'm in agreement just, with that because when Darlene, when Darlene says, and again, also in agreement, when Darlene says, I prefer to focus on what the person says and does than what they're freaking wearing, I agree. But is it? Is I it agree. But, but, the thi- oh, wait, but the thing oh, is, what she is wearing, what she's, you know, sorry. But she, I'm sorry. What she's wearing illuminates and exemplifies the innate the idiocy and the and the it just it just it it just it, it goes in tandem. That's exactly yeah. That's know, exactly I, what I was going to say because it, what she's wearing is what she's doing. She dresses right. outrageously as outrageously as she speaks is is the message I got. You know, I got. I mean, it's a great big. It's a great big igamfu to to everybody. Everybody who can't dress that way. Right. It's a fuck you. I. You know. It's like she came into. You know her. Uh, you know nobody gave a fuck about who Christian Cinema or Joe Manchin until after the twenty twenty election. They were just two white folks. That are in the Senate. Yeah, that's when they but became. They, that's they when they looked, became co-queens of the May. Right, and it's like because of them, we couldn't get rid of the filibuster. We couldn't do a lot of things that we could have. You know, we had the House, and we had to sit. You know, we we basically had the Senate. But these two motherfuckers fucked a, a whole nation, entire nation, in its tracks. And, and, they, and the caucasity of it all. Yes, I said it. The fucking caucasity of it all. So you even got my blush and the uh, and all of this here. But I'm just saying, I mean, I don't like talking about people. And again, it's the, you know, but this bitch, I'm sorry. And then the, and the bullshit she pulled after Raphael Warnock got reelected or, you know, submitted his place in the Senate over that Tom, Uncle Tom foolery, Herschel, Hershey Walker. And then what does this bitch do? She doesn't even get the brother at the minute to say, you know, give him his props 
We have a whole steadfast hold on the fucking Senate. And then what is she going to do? I'm an independent now. So now we got a, we're going to have a shitstorm in in uh, Arizona, you know, because she's going to, you know, siphon off votes for whoever the Democratic nominee is going to be. And it's like I'm feeling shades of Ralph fucking Nader in 2000. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm back now, y'all. But still, this bitch, is, you know, she's a lot more trouble and causing a lot more trouble than she's worth. And I'm tired of these simple-ass white women who, yes, are fucking with this country because they can. I'm tired. And it's bad enough when it's, you know, Marjorie Trailer Trash Green. We, we hold them up to no standards. But when it's coming from our own party, and then this bitch has to, again, Karen, the capacity to do what she did, I got, I, I have, you know, girl, bye. And, my, and, you know, anybody's free to disagree with me as they want, but I don't think I'm on, I'm not standing on shaky ground here. Stop. No, I, I think, I think you're fairly solid. Uh, let me, let me hand you one more thing that Merle in Michigan just sent along to me. Huh. And, 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 oh, God, every freaking day. So uh, a couple of maggots in Tennessee have introduced a bill, Tracy, to rename part of John Lewis Way Donald Trump Boulevard. President Donald Trump and, Boulevard. And the hits just keep on coming. Where, where is this from? It is in Nash- it's in Nashville. It's near the state capitol. Uh, it many, was uh, it was recently named for John Lewis after he passed away. Now I don't know the parameters or, or the size, the square mileage of Nashville. But how how many streets do you suppose there are in Nashville? Isn't there a back alley they could name after Trump and you know be done with it that way? Or that's some you know some dead end road full of potholes. Oh yeah, some or base or or put it same over the sign of a of a of a of the sewage on the street where there's a sewage system or something. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, just it. well, name the whole sewer plant for him. <laughs> yeah, sewer plant. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can well, remember. I can remember a long time back during the reign of error of Dim Leader, when uh, I suggested that if we want, if they wanted to name, or it was after Dim Leader, if they wanted to name something after him, they could go to Parkersburg, West Virginia, and name it the. George W. Bush, Bureau of the Public Debt. There you go. Okay. But this piece of legislation introduced by a pair of maggots named Frank Frank Nicely and Paul Sherrill, it's going to rename a portion of the street from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard to James Robertson Parkway as President Donald Trump Boulevard. So one minute you're going to be on James, uh, John Lewis Way, and the next minute you're, and, and, you know, and then you're going to be on Donald Trump Boulevard. But the kind of disturbing thing about that, um, and and of course they named it after John Lewis because John Lewis actually went to college in Nashville to Fisk. In Nashville, so he went to Fisk. And didn't he? And I'm not, not canceled my trip to Fisk. 
I mean, to 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 Nashville, you know, we got rid of Nashville and went to Panama instead. That was going to be one of my stops. Wasn't some of his earliest Wasn't John Lewis's some of his earliest activities in in the movement while he was a student? Yes. Yes, that's uh, he. He was also at American Baptist Theological Seminary, and that's where the planning for the lunch counter sit-ins yeah. went down. Say lunch counters, yeah, yeah. And um, he got his he got his ass, his head beat in cross. And see these 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 street these memorial streets are protected under something called the Tennessee Heritage Protection Act of 2016. And this bill removes streets as memorials under that protection. Now, it's an interesting name for that uh, for that uh, entity. It's, when I hear heritage, I always view it in the same way as family. When they put family in the name of whatever little uh, activity that they're up to, <laughs> uh, yeah. no, I'm serious. No, I know. I'm serious. It's one of those tells. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't name a, a, a an area in a public park where dogs go to shit after Trump, even though it would be highly fitting and appropriate. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, it's, for the, it's like I, I what did I, it's, it's right up there with Elon Musk. I wouldn't piss on that motherfucker if he was on fire. Okay, yeah. it's just <laughs> mm mm. I wouldn't waste my pee. So my our girl, Sister Bernadette, just sent me a picture of what Kristen Enema wore last night. Oh, it's oh. not. I mean, first of all, okay, I am no fashion maven or I, you know, I mean, right now I have on, I abide no, abide no hatred t-shirts and rainbow colors, so a pair of yoga pants, a uh, 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 baseball cap. And my Black Panther um, hoodie, okay. Now, and I'm not talking Black Panther the movie. I'm talking Black Panther Party for Self Defense. Yes. So she is what she has on. Well, first of all, is she about to take flight? She was like fucking Tweety Bird. <laughs> she about to take flight. I like that. I mean, it's come on, but if we're strong enough, okay. Men, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna say, men. I'm gonna say something here. And you can tell me if I'm wrong, Tracy. It actually, and I could be wrong. It would not be the first time. But there is something about that dress that feels appropriative. Appropriated, did you say? Appropriative. Appropriative, okay. I think so, I, 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 I think I, I, I think I think a black woman could get away with it. Yeah. See. Okay. If if uh, Ayanna Presley wore that shit, it'd be fire. Okay. If I mean Maxine Waters, no, no. But uh, Ilhan Omar, no, 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 no. But uh, and, or Cory Booker, okay. But on uh, her, because see. Here's the thing, because we know what she stands for, or, or, or better yet, doesn't stand for, because she sure as fuck doesn't stand for democracy, and you know, moving the country forward as evidenced by her 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 actions. 
this dress is a fuck you. She's well, like, and, and something I said I, earlier is, is before you got on the call, but Darlene referenced something I said years ago about how pre-transition, how um, during the debate between Bernie and Hillary when she wore the yellow pants suit, and I remarked at the time that if a man wore anything like that, his political career would be over. And I think I think, I, but there's even a caveat to that. A black guy could wear a primary color suit like that, and his career would not be over. No, because you see, and here's the thing. Because be, because well, fair. Uh, uh, I mean, go ahead. No, I was just going to say. Um, a, a fair-skinned person gets lost in pr- in bright primary colors like that. She's black. I mean, see, I can rock yellow, and see, but and, and and especially okay, because trust me, when I was growing up, just, I'm, you know, I'm a dark-skinned black woman, and I was told that I had to wear subdued colors because you didn't want to bring attention. So it it takes a lot for me. To wear bright colors, even though I fucking look amazing in bright colors, but that that stigma of not standing out and stuff like that, because as we all know, black people, aside from me, for the most part, we have a, fa- a, a flair for fashion, Let, you know, and we turn shit that wasn't even considered fashion into fashion. And we, and you know how we know it was considered that it's a fashion statement? It's because when the white people appropriate it, and next thing you know, it's selling for millions of dollars and walking the catwalks in Milan and Paris and New York. Bingo. Exactly. Bingo. By the way, uh, Shorty there in L.A. just sent me a picture of a T-shirt and said, tell Tracy about this T-shirt. The T-shirt says, I may look calm, but in my head I've slapped you three times. Oh baby, I like. That. I want that shirt. I want There's that shirt. Coming. I need that shirt. I need that shirt. Well, let me see. Two uh, XL, I think, is what I wear in t-shirts. Uh, it's on. I, I it's on. Shirt. It's on that Chinese. It's on that Chinese website, Timu.com, which I think oh, is kind of the. Re- which I think is. Uh, you did not just those people. Uh, uh, just those people. About two billion people. You yeah, did not do that. It is. Well, no, I don't. What I meant to say, I don't trust those websites because the thing is. Oh, it's hard. And I don't mean yeah. Chinese. I mean, I mean the website. No, I know. I was, I, I was playing. I have, I have ordered shit. You know, and I, I got, I got Jack Jake once, and I will never do it again. I make sure because I see, because you see those offers all the time from you know in the Google ads that you don't ask for, and then you go to order them, and I, and it takes weeks, if not a month or two, to get the shit. And then if there's something wrong with it, you can't return it because you got it from China. And yeah, who's going to pay the shipping to get it back to China to get your money back? You so I'm very, very, careful. very, very yeah. careful. Well, and, and Timu's really frustrating to deal with, Tim, because you have to wind up playing these stupid games in order to be able to order something cheaply or get free shipping or anything like that. Um, right. And... Uh, Shorty said those those shirts are all over. A black person created it in the 1970s, but this was a t- so you can probably find it somewhere. Yeah, maybe Etsy or something. I saw one earlier today that I really liked. It just said, "Drink water, love hard, fight racism." 
Like, drink, say that one more time. Drink, drink, water, drink water, love hard, fight racism. I like that, too. Because, see, I got a bunch of shirts. My new favorite place to buy T-shirts is bitter, the Bitter Southerner. <coughs> the Bitter Southerner. Oh, it's a great, it's, they're great. Yes. Oh. They are awesome. <laughs> and like I said, um, I have the shirt that says, right now that I have a Abide No Hatred with the rainbow colors. I have one that says uh, Practice Radical Empathy. Uh, uh, there's a couple of other ones. I have one that has amazing, like Zora, Maya, one more person, Alice and Jasmine, all these amazing, you know, four amazing black female writers, you know, and so I have, it basically, I have reduced my, <laughs> my wardrobe lately to t-shirts and every t-shirt that I wear says something, um, or like, they, you know, I've been wearing those T-shirts or um, album cover T-shirts. Like, even though I'm not a huge uh, fan of Diana Ross, I have this amazing T-shirt with uh, Diana Ross album cover. The only reason why I got this T-shirt is because it's Diana Ross with an afro. I couldn't pass that up. I have. No. With, uh, um, a, oh, and by the way, let me remind. Look, I just I got to mention something to you because. Uh, Irish Dave, uh, in hearing the, the Tennessee story, caught something that mm-hmm. blew right past me and just asked, is this how they celebrate Black History Month in the Volunteer State, renaming streets for racists? Oh, speaking of which, did you see... Did I how see, freaking bell, the, the police car in Miami uh, to celebrate Black History Month, and it had, like... Uh, uh, black history, uh, forget like, uh, black history, like the colors of the black, a- of, of the African flag and, and stuff like that. And that was a police car to celebrate Black History Month in Miami. Somebody thought that was a good idea. Or the, um, one of the schools that. Yeah, that's a let's, that, that's you know, a let's don't yeah. and say we didn't. Right. And, and like the, you know, the Black History Month lunches of fried chicken and watermelon and stuff like that. No, they didn't. Uh, Yes, they did. did. Mike, where was this? I don't remember, but it doesn't matter. (laughs) I'm not not fucking with you on this guy. Nope, it happened. If you look in the dictionary under tone desk, there's a picture (laughs) of whoever (laughs) thought that was a good idea. No, it's the po- it's the poster. Black History Month, what fried chicken and watermelon dinner? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> read. That's read. That's read the room. Pump your pump your pump your brakes and stay in your lane all at the same time. It's just like you know, I I cringe at what's you know acceptable for. Um, you know what people, what white people think is acceptable for Black History Month, and I'm like, oh. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> but on the on a happy note, on a happy happy note, you know, you know, in in you know, in conjunction with Black History Month, I have the opportunity on coming up this Friday to not only go and hear. Um, Nicole Hannah Jones speak, you know, the, 
the author of the, the Pulitzer Prize winning author. Okay. Say it louder for the people in the back. Okay, just in case you didn't hear me. The Pulitzer Prize winning author, Nicole Hannah-Jones, will be at my school, my alma mater, and my, you know, where I'm getting my, my, grad, my graduate degree. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, have, I, I, I have to say that. Uh, where I'm getting my graduate degree is hosting her, Nicole Hannah-Jones, and I get to go to the meet and greet afterwards. Oh, wow. That's just going to so, be so awesome. Not, you know, because it's like, see, I, I live for shit like this. I mean, I, you know, we had Kimberly Crenshaw last year. We had Cornell West last year. And unfortunately, they weren't, they were supposed to be in person, but they had to, you know, change it to do, you know, um, virtual because the demand was so great that nobody, everybody couldn't get, you know, some, to reach a larger audience, because if you get a chance to hear, her, you know, Dr. Cornell, and I'm sorry, Dr. Cornell West and Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw, because see, I have to say these things because I don't know if I called in the other day, um, or if I talked to you, my days blur together, but there was an article, I forget which, uh, that they interviewed my cousin, who is Dr. Christopher Kinson, the head of the department of, I forget what college he teaches in, is in, I believe in Missouri, about this bullshit that's happening in Florida about black, AP black history. He was one of the academics who, you know, put the, the, the curriculum together. And he was talking, you know, they interviewed him. And what pissed me off as I'm reading the article and I'm like, these motherfuckers just called my, my cousin. Christopher Tinson. It was not Dr. Christopher Tinson, Ph.D. It was just Christopher Tinson. And that, I'm sorry, it's a fucking slap in the face. How dare you? It's like, it's like, how dare you talk to this black man who has, who has gotten accolades and awards about his teaching and his research about black studies, and then you just reduce him to Christopher Tinson? Yeah, because would they have done yeah, that, that that's, to a white yeah, that, No, that's some serious erasure. Oh, and I, I got I have a, I have an answer. I have an answer from a previous question before you called in. Eileen in New York City uh, answered the question. Um, actually, Scott, they're working on a Broadway musical of Some Like It Hot. Oh really? Tracy? <laughs> oh, she's humming. There's going to be trouble. <laughs> I just, I, I don't, I can't imagine how that's going to work. How's it going to work? When are you going to? Are they going to? I mean, are they? Are they going to? Are they going to? Air blowing. No, I'm just trying to figure. Are they going to cast a couple of trans women? In the Jack Lemmon and Tony, Tony Curtis roles, Tony Curtis. and have them in and have them in boy drag at one point, and then. Uh, well, it's like you know when because if they can't, if they, but then again, the characters are actually cisgender, 
cishet guys who are masquerading as women. As women to get away from the mob. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, the, uh, the mob. Yeah, yeah. So how, 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 well, it's like, remember, I told you that they had the Caucasian tone deaf to make a musical version of Tootsie. See, I said that earlier when it was just me and Scott talking. And like, we saw it. Look, both Some Like It Hot and especially Tootsie actually confirm all the nasty shit that the TERFs and other transphobes say about us, especially trans women. Don't, and don't forget about, you know, bosom buddy. Yeah, but Tootsie is particularly awful because it 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 traffics in the idea of a man impersonating a woman to connive his way into a relationship with another woman. With a woman. So it's a slap in the face to lesbians, and it's a slap and it's a slap in the face to trans people. Yeah, but you got to remember. And it's a slap in the face to women when you know. So you, t- you know, you took a role away, you know, not, you know, from a woman, a, a cisgender woman, or what have you, so you could prove a point. Yeah, on a on a on a bet to- on a bet. Right. I bet I could do that shit. Mm. Well, you got to well, remember. What do you, you know? Did that come out was that like the early eighties? Maybe late oh, yeah. seven. Yeah, late seventies, early eighties. No, yeah, what, I think it's early that, 80s. I think it was yeah, early 80s. Yeah, you're right. Because I think that, that it, it came out after Kramer versus Kramer because Dustin yeah. Hoffman couldn't have done Tootsie before Kramer versus Kramer. Because by the time he did Kramer versus Kramer, um, you know, and, and Midnight Cowboy and all that, you could do Tootsie. And it could be a bona fide hit because of Dustin Hoffman's star power. Like Robin Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire. And to this day, I still love that movie. Yeah, I don't see Mrs. Doubtfire in the same light. No, I don't see Mrs. Doubt because it's 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 a whole different thing. This man, you know, he wanted to spend time with his children. Now it's still deception and you know all that, but still, it came from a good place. Tootsie, that shit came from a place of malice and just just tomfuckery. And see, again, and I actually, because, you know, I told you guys, I have a season, I'm a season ticket holder for the Pantages. And that was one of our, our offerings. I think that was 2021 when they started letting, you know, you know, when they brought, you know, we were able to go to the theater again. And they did come, because we're like, how are they going to cover the fact that this, you know, so they, there's this one part when um, the roommate, you know, the, the guy, the Bill Murray part says, dude, what are you doing? And he, and it was, and he was a brother. Actually, and he was the, the black man in that show was the only shiny part of the whole of the whole production. But he's like, so you're stealing a part from a cisgen, you know. He, they kind of, they try to address that, but it still fell flat. And let's just say that we didn't even make it to the end of the first act. We were out. Kind of like the Jimmy Buffett musical. Oh, don't, 
see. And everybody said, we don't like Kerry Duffin anyway. I'm like, no, 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 no. Because even white people who were who are serious, what is it, parrotheads? Is that what they're called? Yeah, I'm one. Who love Jimmy Buffett. Love them from Jimmy, Margaritaville. Even those people said, oh, God, this is awful. This is absolutely awful. So it wasn't just me. And I and the white woman that I'm married to didn't like it either. No, it was I, so, it, it was it was uniformly. I, I don't know how it made it. I guess it went on the road to try to recoup some of the losses on Broadway. Yeah, because it oof, it, yeah. it it was. But I actually speaking of you know shows, we they did. I think I, oh yeah, I told you. They did just a couple weeks ago or last weekend. We went and saw the musical version of Mean Girls, and I because I was I was nervous because that's another one of those you know kind of problematic movies. But they addressed a whole lot. They brought it up to date because you know Mean Girls came out in the early aughts, so they brought it you know they they brought it to date you know especially with the whole using social media. The two sycophants were two black girls. Um, the the main the main mean girl was I think she either she was uh, Arab or Southeast Asian. I couldn't tell from because of the distance, but she was definitely uh, a brown uh, uh, a brown brown skinned woman. So yeah, the only white girl um, with, that had a main. Uh, well, no, the 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 girl Lindsay Lohan's character was white. The guy that played the gay guy was white, and the other friend, you know, the two protagonists. So, but it was actually reflective of society, and you know, and so, and I, God help me, I enjoyed it. Uh, Jans, this is too high school for me, so sweetie. It's it's set in a high school, so it's gonna be about high school. So just child. So stop trying to make that. You know, Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's and they actually had a. a I almost bought it. They had a, a, a baseball cap that had fetch on it, and I almost bought it, but I just got the the mean girl ball cap. So. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, some things you could update because it's like, oh, because they actually did a Pretty Woman musical. We didn't even bother to go see that one, sis, because I'm like, you're glorifying trafficking, human trafficking. And I know so, you know, I've heard so many stories of young girls that got sucked into trafficking because they thought that their, you know, that their richer gear was going to come and take them and save them. And I'm like, so yeah, that was a pretty woman with a past as well. There's just certain things, just, you know, let us, if you're going to watch it and, and do it, just do it in the private, you know, dust off the DVD, catch it on streaming, but we do not need to make Broadway musicals. And some like it hot. I, I did hear, I remember hearing about that. And I said, no, 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 just don't. Now, I have to, the one thing that I have seen, 
that they made, you know, turned into a Broadway musical that deserved to become a Broadway musical and was even better than the movie was Moulin Rouge. That was spectacular. So much so that I have seen it twice here in L.A. and once in Oregon when I went to go visit Alex. And my sister and I have decided that's that some we're going to go that's to some New York. Se- that's some serious fangirling. Okay. I've actually, but I, it still hasn't been how many times I've seen Wicked. So that's a whole other conversation. Oh. So my sister and I have decided <laughs> that we're going to do a sister weekend. You know, either this fall, I think either the summer or the, more than likely the fall, because I don't really want to go to New York in the summer, um, to go see Moulin Rouge on Broadway. Yeah, that's some fangirl shit. Yeah. I, I know. It's, you know, it's, there's something, you know, and I got to, I got to get out of here because we're way over time. I know. Cause but, I'm but I wanted, I wanted to mention, uh, you know, uh, you know the non-binary person who plays in the reboot of Quantum Leap? Which was a good idea. You know, it's yeah. a reboot that, and, and but that was you a know, you know the, you, you, uh, Mason Alexander Park. Right. Yeah. Well, so, something I would have loved to have seen. Uh, it's well long since over. But they played the role of the MC. In cabaret. Oh, in cabaret. Now that I would have, I would have paid. And they and they won and they and they won a Helen Hayes Award for it. Oh, was damn! That the Jane Grey uh, role. Yes. Yeah. And the reviews oh, said they were just there. awesome, comedic and dark and kind of sinister and because that's a hell of a Every role. That's a hell of a part. Part you, you can't you can't be a lightweight. Uh, Alan Cummings played it as well, and and we all know if you've ever seen Alan Cummings, he's all that dark, comedic, and fucking sinister. Yeah, but I gotta and get out of I here. Like so I gotta get out of here. I love you. Love you. And I, 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 you guys, love you, Scott. Good hearing from you, and you guys, you know. Good night. Good. So long. Better. I beat a finger by. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, I did it. Bienvenue. Oh, wrong. Good night, Robin. Good night, Horn family. And good night, Mrs. Calabash, and all the and all the ships at sea. Good night, Mrs. Calabash, wherever you are. Exactly. See you, Scott. Take care, Robin. And so that's the program. A little overtime. Sometimes it's nice to do a little overtime. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors. Y'all were awesome this evening. Thank you. Uh, fundraising goal tomorrow, 760. We're holding it down. Actually, not tomorrow. I will not be here tomorrow. Uh, but Friday, 760. And thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in this nearly two-decade-long conversation. Thank you so much. Please like and subscribe and leave a comment for the lonely little algorithms. Thank you. Tell your friends and neighbors. This is a wildly unique uh, conversation and format and community. love to welcome more people into it. 
Thanks to our all-volunteer staff, all the cops this evening. Thank you to Sparky and Roger and Steve from Georgistan. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, headon.live. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, whiterosesociety.org. Thank you to the hardest-working, bravest people I know, the folks at Cold River Mountain Watch, crmw.net, 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop. Stay safe. Get your booster before it's before, <laughs> before it's not free anymore. Get your flu shot. Wipe down your surfaces. Help stop the spread of RSV. Be nice when I can stop saying that. Wear your masks, especially when you're among the dirty, diseased maggots. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Maintain social distance where at all possible, 15 to 20 feet, like Paul from Parts Unknown says. And if anybody comes down the street towards you bellowing, you lie! Well, avoid them like the plague. Because they are. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later.